Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Heavenly Father, we come again with bowed heads and humbled hearts and contrite spirits. Thanking you again, Lord, for another day not promised to us. Lord, I'm asking that you forgive us of our sins and our iniquities and our shortcomings and our transgressions and those things, Lord, that place a veil between you and us. Lord, I'm grateful for this time I have with my brothers and sisters in Christ. They were able to partake in your word, Lord, and go through yet another lesson being taught of the Holy Ghost. I'm asking, Lord, for those who couldn't make it today that you watch over them and their families. I'm asking, Lord, for the attacks of this ministry, Lord, not so much that they would cease, but they would purge us under fire, Lord, Lord. that we may become strong, Lord, and come bursting forth full of the Spirit, Lord, fervent and willing to do your will. I'm asking, Lord, as we get tried in our furnace of affliction, that we pass the test, Lord, and that is to do the will of God and to have Christ fully formed in us. I'm asking, Lord, in these times that you get our minds focused, Lord, not just for us, but, Lord, like-minded individuals, Lord, who mean business, people who really want to go through this thing. For we know, Lord, that everyone isn't crossing the Jordan River. And I'm just asking, Lord, that you introduce us to those who are, that we may be taught and that we may teach and we may learn and we may sharpen iron, sharpening iron, Lord, just to be able to be perfected in Jesus Christ. So I'm asking, Lord, for anything, Lord, that has come against this ministry, anything, any principalities, any powers, Lord, any spirits, Lord, of doubt and unbelief, Lord, fear, whatever, whatever it is. It could be lust, Lord, adultery, fornication. It could be, Lord, just fear, all sorts of things, Lord, that are coming against your body. All sorts of things that are driving the brethren, Lord, away. Lord, I'm asking that you knock them down, Lord, and you get everyone refocused. For we know that we're on the brink of something important. We know that something's coming, Lord, and we know not one of us has it in us to walk this thing out, Lord, void of Jesus Christ. So I'm asking that we take no thought for our lives. I'm asking that we place no confidence in the flesh. I'm asking, Lord, that the only thing that we can see, Lord, in our sights is the cross of Jesus Christ. That we may bear our own cross, Lord. That we may lay all sins, Lord, all things that have kept us away. All spirits of sloth, Lord, that have taken our minds away from the truth. All deceptions out there, Lord, that lead people to hell. I'm asking, Lord, that you bind them. All spirits of unbelief and false religion. Lord, all things, Lord, the wine of the fornication of the harlot, Lord, that have got your people bound. I'm asking, Lord, that you set the captives free. That's why you came, Lord, to bind up the brokenhearted, to release those that were in prison, Lord. And I'm just asking, Lord, that this message, I ask that the Holy Ghost just falls mightily upon it. I'm asking, Lord, that it means something to you, not to others. But, Lord, let your will be done, for we don't want a war as those that are beating against the wind. But we don't want to work in vain either. We want to follow you 
and be fruitful before you, Lord, that we not be tired of well-doing. For you have called us, Lord, unto a higher calling through all humility, all long-suffering, Lord, all temperance, all meekness and faith. Let us grow, Lord, from faith to faith, glory to glory, that our faith should not remain the same, Lord, that it should grow every day till we believe the impossible. For there is nothing too hard for you, Lord God. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are faithful, just, and true, and worthy of all praises. Lord, I'm asking that you do these things for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so tonight's study is going to be called uh, Daniel's Image. You know, it's funny how we had gone over some things before and, you know, earlier previous teachings, but it's like the Lord just seems to lead us right back to the things that we think we've covered because there's so much information in every single verse, man, that it is, it's, it's so funny. You ever notice at times how we teach over lessons here? You know, Sarah may teach something, Carla may teach, or Christina, or whomever, and it's like they can run over it and pick one word out for the subject that they want. Someone else can run over the same verse and pick another word out that, that the emphasis goes on. So this is why we have to study to show ourselves approved unto God, because you're not done with any verses until you have chewed all the nutrients out of it. And even then, our faith has to be renewed by going back. Yep. But tonight, we are going to talk about Daniel's image. I'm Minister Derek Hallett of Sound of Trumpet Ministries, soundoftrumpetministries.com. But um, we're going to find out what this image is all about because I think it plays of greater importance than it ever has before. You know, um, let's get right into it because I know that I'll keep talking here and before you know it, we're out of time. So <laughs> let's start with a psalm. Let's go to Psalm uh, 74. Daniel's a fascinating book. It's like the... Um, the revelation of the Old Testament. You know, there were only two people in the Bible that were called the Beloved. One was Daniel and the other was John. And they had both received revelation. That's really interesting stuff. So you want to be the Beloved with Christ to have him share with you some of his deepest things. Because God only trusts God. And the more Christ you have in you, the more God will reveal to you. All right, so Psalm 74 and verse 1, and it says, O God, why hast thou cast us off forever? Why doth thine anger uh, smoke against the sheep of thy pastures? Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old, the rod of thine inheritance, which thou hast redeemed this Mount Zion, wherein thou hast dwelt. Lift up thy feet unto the perpetual desolations, even all that the enemy has done wickedly in the sanctuary. Thine enemies roar in the midst uh, of thy congregation. They set up their ensigns for signs. Isn't it funny how he's here talking about the congregation that the Lord purchased, but then a few verses down he's talking about the wicked are in the sanctuary and the enemies roar in the midst of the congregations. 
So as we found out, like from Jesus and Isaiah and so many others that said, that these solemn assemblies and these meetings, you know, they mean nothing unless we're all on one accord for Jesus Christ. The devil has learned a long time ago that he can't be outside of the church. He's got to be in the church to be effective. So this is why we have to check ourselves, because according to tonight's subject, it's going to really have a lot to do with self. It's going to have a lot to do with man that hasn't reached his full potential in God. And, you know, man outside of God is a beast. There is no difference between man and God when you really look this thing over. When I mean, not man and God. When it comes to man and beast, mm -hmm. if God is not his head. Because we can do all these things. We can live and die. If we don't know right and wrong by God's word, which is the first you know, record of morals and what should be, everyone else outside of the children of Israel were considered, you know, Gentiles. They were considered heathens. Because they did not have the same law, statutes, and commandments that God gave. Now, of course, Abraham didn't have a law, but Abraham was known as a friend of God. Adam was made in the image of God. So, you know, as they got further away from relationship, you started to see people do some pretty vile and wicked things. So it's just saying that the enemy is in the sanctuary, okay? He's learned that he can't stay on the outside. Verse 5, a man was famous according... Uh, as he had lifted up axes upon the thick trees, but now they break down the carved work uh, thereof at once with axes and hammers. They have cast fire into thy sanctuary. They have defiled by casting down the dwelling place of thy name to the ground. So what we find here is, you know, as we allow corruption to enter into us, as we compromise in the congregations and we don't take God at his word. All we're doing is slowly defiling and tearing down the sanctuaries of God. Why? Because God is not meant to compromise. God is good. God has to be on the side of that which is righteous. But as for man and his nature, you know, there's always this, this sort of compromising or a little sin here, a little sin there. And we can't have any of it. And I think Carlin taught on that last week. Uh, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken... Oh, somebody did. Verse 8. They say in their hearts, let us destroy them together. They have burned up all the synagogues of God in the land. We see not our signs. There is no more any prophet. Neither is there among us any that knoweth how long. Now, this is something that we're going to have to experience soon in this country. Because for those who forget their God, you know, a lot of the prophets are not going to be heard. They're going to be taken off the scene. And, and it's going to be, I'm telling you, if this word doesn't live in us, we're not going to know left from right or up from down. Because, I mean, if you don't know this scripture, someone can come along and switch a couple of words. And before you know it, you're just, I think that's what it said. No, what did it really say? So we've got to have this word grounded in us. That's right. And this can be done. I was telling... um James, I think yesterday we were talking about how when he and I get together and talk, we just start quoting scripture. And then we're shocked at how much scripture you remember. But it's really about, you know, having reading this word and letting God's truth enter into us. Your soul can hold a lot of information. It's not just your brain. Your soul. How many songs do people memorize by heart? Think about it, you know, and it's like you never forget it. You don't go and rehearse it. But you remember certain things. So, you know, 
If your soul can hold 2,000 demons, like the Bible says, it can hold a lot of the word of God. That's true. All right. So it says in verse um, 10, O God, how long shall the adversary reproach? Shall the enemy blaspheme thy name forever? Because that's what's going on right now. Why withdraweth thou thy hand, even thy right hand? Pluck it out of thy bosom. For God is my king of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. Thou didst divide the sea by the strength. Thou breakest the heads of the dragons in the waters. So there's actually dragons in the waters. It's something to think about. 14. Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces and gavest him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Now, I know that there comes at the end of time because I talked about before that Leviathan is a creature, but he's also actually a symbol of pride. I think he's a symbol of Satan, honestly. But when it talks about how um, at the end of time when God has the children of Israel or people in the wilderness that this beast is going to be destroyed and laid up for food or whatever. I mean, it's not really clear about the fate of Leviathan, but I have heard this before. 15. Thou didst cleave the fountain and the flood. Thou driest up mighty rivers. The day is thine and night also is thine. Thou hast prepared the light and the sun. So this is just talking about the awe of God of all that he has done. Why wouldn't you want to follow him? Verse 17. Thou hast set all the borders of the earth and hast made summer and winter. Remember this, that the enemy hath reproached, O Lord, and that the foolish people have blasphemed thy name. O deliver not the soul of thy turtle dove uh, unto the multitude of the wicked. Forget not the congregation of thy poor forever. So he's saying, you know, the Lord is just, I mean, when the Lord's had enough concerning some people, he's had enough. And I mean, we can plead, we can pray, we can ask Lord to have mercy on them. But only God knows when he's reached his end with a people. So this is why we have to stay up under him. Verse uh, 20. Have respect unto the covenant, for the dark places of the earth are full of the, inhabit of the habitations of cruelty. Oh, let not the oppressed return ashamed. Let the poor and needy praise thy name. Now, I know when you go back to it, it says, Oh, deliver the turtle dove of the multitude of the wicked. In some translation, it has the word beast. Like, in other words, the people were like beast. All right. But um, where am I? Verse 21. Yes. I think. Okay. Oh, let not the oppressed return ashamed. Let the poor and needy <clears throat> praise thy name. Arise, O God, plead thine own cause. Remember how the foolish man reproacheth thee daily. Forget not the voice of thine enemies, the tumult of those that rise up against the increased, uh, the increaseth uh, continually. So there's always an ever-present attack on the Lord. And that's why when I find myself even watching movies or, or certain things, and they start talking about the Lord, I just turn them off when I realize what's going on. But there are people that don't even enjoy watching movies with me because... I'll be the type, you see this? They're just blaspheming God. Yeah. And and for those whose eyes are not open, all they'll tell you is, oh, no, that's not true. You know, like, they're talking about something else. And we you... So negative. <laughs> exactly. But you can see it plain as yeah. day. They're making fun of the Lord. So there's like this, this assault 
on the Lord. And a lot of it has to do with self. And self in the presence of God really stinks. This is the reason why people won't see things like that. When you show them uh, movies where they're making fun of the Lord, the reason that person doesn't want to see it is because they love the entertainment that they're receiving. So once again, it goes back to self. Because if you can point out that they're really blaspheming God in some of these movies, then people will feel like, well, I can't watch that anymore. So what do they do? They make excuses for things. You know, so these are the things that beasts love to do is just live their lives, whatever makes them pleasurable. No rulership in their life whatsoever. Yeah. And when the Lord does reveal things to us about mm -hmm. movies or even some gospel songs that are not right mm -hmm. because they'll say things in them and you even feel in, within yourself that that just doesn't sound right. You can't really point the finger on it, but you're like, that just doesn't, you know, feel right within my spirit. Mm -hmm. And you, one of two things are going to happen. Either you're going to, because you like the song, continue to listen to it, and eventually that guilt will go away. Because your which conscience really gets seared. Or if it really doesn't make that big of a difference, you say, you know what, this song doesn't sound right to me. It does not bless the Lord in the way that it should. I'm not listening to it anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's how it happens. Oh, yeah. No, that's exactly right. I mean, so for me, let's go to, um, let's go to Psalm 2. Let's go to Psalm 2 again, then we'll get right into it. we got a lot to cover today. So here's another attack on the Lord in Psalm 2. And it says, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. So right away we recognize these people are considered heathen, so they're not of God. God's people are not heathen. Mm -hmm. Okay, the heathen, the word for heathen really means, or the definition is really unteachable. That's the, that's the truest definition of heathen. It's just like, man, you won't bend. It's like an animal almost. Is that like a retrograde mind? Kind of, like a, like a tameless animal. Mm -hmm. But you will not, you don't want to learn. And you remember the Bible always talks about that the Gentiles um, love to be in the vanity of their own minds. You know, they don't want to follow the Lord's way. They imagine their own lives and their own righteousness. So it's no um, secret that it says the people imagine a vain thing, and they want their bands cast off. Anything that the Lord, or anything that, that um, any rules of the Lord, you know, they just want to be free from. And this is what they're trying to do, take God off the scenes. Verse 4, He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh, the Lord shall have them in derision. They shall he, then, how, then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them uh, in, in his sore displeasure. So the Lord is going to take care of these people. He's going to have them in confusion. They're not going to know what they're going to do trying to attack the Lord of glory. It's going to be almost laughable. God is laughing while they're trying to set war against him. Why? Because you can't, you can't do anything to him which is eternal. And you can't do anything to those of him who are eternal, those who believe in God. And that's why with Christians, we have to understand 
we've got more power than we realize. If you are born again and you are truly living for the for the end, death can't scare you. A Christian should be, if someone threatened a Christian's life for delivering the gospel, a Christian should say, oh, you promise? Because, I mean, you know, sudden death, sudden glory. I get to be with the Lord. But you're not going to have fear of backing off and, oh, I don't know, I'm sorry, I don't want to get in any trouble, whatever. That's not the heart of a Christian. Christian's like, hey, I'm going to keep on preaching. If you're going to kill me, do what you need to do. But absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Right. Now, when we get to that level of not caring about this existence, the devil can't control anything with you. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, the biggest thing that he holds over most people's lives is, is death, fear of death. But if you weren't afraid to die, if you weren't afraid to go to jail or do whatever, there's nothing they can do to you. You would be seen as somewhat crazy because you're like, man, do what you got to do so I can be with the Lord. And if not, you know, put up or shut up. I've got things to do. That's the kind of boldness we want to walk with. Uh, yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possessions. Now this is the time we're waiting for, because as we're going to uh, read today, that we are not done with being in the time of the Gentiles. And this is what Daniel's image is all about. So when the time of the Gentiles should pass, the kingdom of Christ comes immediately, and, you know, it's going to be a thousand years of peace with the Lord. And then from there, we go on to eternal life with the Lord. So that's awesome. But the Lord is going to come back for a thousand years to show everyone, this was my intentions for the earth. And he's not going to be playing around. His government is going to be just. It's going to be right. For those who want to do right, they're going to love it in God's kingdom. But for those who want to rebel, got a little bit of sin in them, he's going to come and help and take, you know, hey, I'm going to be stern on you. This needs to be done. Right. Go apologize to your wife. You know, whatever it is. But the Lord is going to be on point. Not kidding around. All right. So um, verse 9, and this is where it talks about it. Thou shalt break them with a rod of, of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Remember when it says he's going to rule with a rod of iron? Mm -hmm. Well, he's going to be strict. Verse 10. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. And this is what's missing from the people. America has no fear of the Lord simply by the laws that they put up and the things that they say. It is all about them. But they are going to learn to fear him. Mm. That's one thing about the Lord. You can choose to fear him and serve him. Or he'll give you a reason to be afraid. Right. As we've read so many times in the past. Verse 12. Kiss the son, uh, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. So again, you know, we can't conform to this world, but we have to be renewed um, in the spirit of our minds to do the things that the Lord wants us to do. Mm -hmm. I notice it says, when his wrath is kindled but a little. Okay, so the Lord doesn't even have to get really angry, just a little bit, and everyone's going to know the difference. All right, so that's one thing about the power of God is 
he doesn't have to throw chairs across the room and go crazy for people to recognize him. And all the Lord's got to do is either step up or step back just a little, and things are going to change. That's a paradigm shift. All right, so from here, let's go to Genesis 1. I just want to bring up one point, and then we'll go right into Daniel 2. Because this subject tonight is on Daniel's image. I was reading Ecclesiastics and couldn't figure out where, but Solomon was talking about how um, uh, a wise man is one that fears the Lord and mm-hmm. keeps his commandments. Mm-hmm. So just kind of. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Proverbs talks all through it. Ecclesiastes. I love Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a. Solomon knew what he was talking about. But isn't it funny? Even a guy like him fell away. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, we can't afford to play around in this. Because I think that even when he knew he was going wrong, it was just like that man in him just took over. Mm -hmm. He gave too much unto his flesh. He didn't stay up under it. And before you know it, his heart was turned. The devil found a weakness in Solomon. And Solomon's weakness was women. And that brought him low. All right, so um, this is Genesis 1 and 27. And it said, uh, let's start at verse 26. I think. Do we know or not if Solomon was ever saved? Yeah, we know he wasn't. Okay. Yeah, it says that in uh, 1 Kings 11. Okay. Uh, um, and God said, okay, so verse 23 says, and the evening and the morning were the fifth day. So that day is gone. Verse 24, and it says, and God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping things, the beast of the earth after his kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, the cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. So you know that this is day six, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image. So that proves that God is a triune God, because why would he say, let us make man in our image? Who is God talking to here? This is Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Okay, so let don't let anybody tell you God is not a triune being. It said, let us. So who would they be talking to? All right, so he says, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And you know what I realized is man and, and God, well, not man and God, man and beast were made on the sixth day. But see, God put man on the sixth day to govern the beast because man had a higher calling, so he was given dominion. But when Adam fell, he was almost, I mean, God didn't take away full dominion. This is why you can have animals do things that you say, you know, we're still kind of like the top of the food chain. But, you know, in some ways, his ways are just like a beast. You know, I'm telling you, without God, and you have no fear of the Lord, there's nothing you won't do. The only reason why some false religions exist today, and it may seem like they're not really um, beast-like, is because they have, like, well, Satan wants worship as well. His job is to turn people away. But if you're not following the one true God, I mean, you, you think about it. You eat. You know, you fornicate, you live, you die, and that's it. But you have no higher calling upon your life. 
No seeking eternal life. You just want to become king of the jungle. I'm going to go get my degree, do everything I can, step over anyone I can to make it by any means necessary. But you're, you're a beast without God. That's the way you see things. You'll fight for food. You'll fight for a woman. You'll fight for all these things that, I mean, his, his nature is just lowly without the Lord. So it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Now we know that this was the sixth day, so I don't want to go further into it, but God rested on the seventh, and, you know, man was supposed to be in that number seven with God. Okay, of the spirit. And and when you don't reach that potential, we're going to find out exactly what happens to man, that he can't go any higher. Yeah. Something along the beast nature was at work this morning. One of the guys was saying that he saw this post on Facebook or something like that where this woman was selling her virginity for a million dollars to any man that would take her so she could pay for school. Yeah. And that's just... This 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 the world we live in today that yourself Satan has turned people so self worthless mm -hmm. that your own worthiness You don't respect yourself. No. I mean you don't even people don't even know the value of chastity, you know, right. and, and other things. What and, it really means. Right. It's just I mean, everyone's doing their thing. All right, let's go to Daniel two, we'll get started, but I just wanted to run by that real quick. Because, uh, you know, we're going to remember this and find out how important this is tonight. Daniel chapter 2, we'll start at verse 1. Yeah, I jumped right over Daniel. It's right after Ezekiel. All right, Daniel chapter 2, we'll start at verse 1, and it says, And in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar means um, servant of Nebo. So if you know who Nebo is in the Old Testament, that was Nimrod. So this is who Nebuchadnezzar's God was. Mm -hmm. All right, it just shows you how this, you know, this God was big. Okay, so Nebuchadnezzar uh, dreamed dreams, wherewith his spirit was troubled, and his sleep break from him. And the king commanded to call magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans uh, for to shew the king his dream. So they came and stood before the king. And the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream, and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. Then, break, then spake the Chaldeans to the king in Syriac, O king, live forever. Tell thy servants the dream, and we will shew the interpretation. The king answered and said unto the Chaldeans, The thing is gone from me, if ye will not make known unto me the dream, with the interpretations thereof, ye shall be cut in pieces, and your houses shall be made a dunghill. So right away, uh, Nebuchadnezzar said that the dream that he had left him, and I think it's because he didn't want anybody knowing. I think even in his viciousness, he was also seeking the truth of who the real 
who God is? Or, you know, does anybody really know for sure? So Chaldeans and magicians, they were considered like the wise men of the day. They were involved in astrology and other things, soothsaying. They would have been like, you know, witchcraft or, or diviners or fortune tellers. So these people came and were a part of it. And what ended up happening is that uh, Nebuchadnezzar, how's it going, man? Good. And that, um, yeah, so Nebuchadnezzar, you know, this, this king lied. You know, and said he didn't remember because he wanted to know who the true God was. Okay? Uh, we're in Daniel uh, chapter 2. We're going to verse 6. And it says, But if ye shew the dream and the interpretation thereof, ye shall receive of me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore shew me the dream and the interpretation thereof. They answered again and said, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will shoot the interpretation of it. So they're trying to get information. Imagine someone telling you, I had a bad dream and it really bothered me. And then when you said, I'm calling you to interpret the dream. And you come there and say, so what was the dream about? I don't know. I forgot. But you better have it at a certain time or I'm going to cut you up and throw you in the dunghill. I mean, so this king really didn't play around. Nebuchadnezzar was um, scary. All right, verse 7, and it says, Then answered again and said, Oh, uh, we read that, verse 8. The king answered and said, I know of certainty that um, that ye would gain the time, because ye see the thing is gone from me. So he's saying, and the thing is gone from him, that they would somehow gain some information, and they could easily lie about this situation, saying, Oh, well, that's what that means. So he said, no, if you really are who you say you are, interpret this dream for me, but I'm not giving you any information. So verse 9, but if ye will not make known unto me the dream, there is but one decree for you. For ye have prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me till the time be changed. Therefore tell me the dream, and I shall know that ye can shew me the interpretation thereof. So if he really did forget what this dream was, how would he be able to tell them if they were right or wrong? So clearly Nebuchadnezzar is lying about it, but he just wanted to know, all right, are you for real or are you playing games? Verse 10, the Chaldeans answered before the king and said, there is not a man upon the earth that can shew the king's matter. Therefore, there is no king, lord, not ruler, I mean, nor ruler, that asks such things at any at any magician or astrologer or Chaldean. So they're saying this is impossible, that you can get anyone to do any of this. And it is a rare thing that a king requireth, and there is none other uh, that can shew it before the king, except the gods who, whose dwelling is not with flesh. Okay, and then it says in verse 12, For this cause the king was angry and very furious, and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. And a decree went forth that the wise men should be slain, and they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. So, you know, this is what's funny, too, what you'll find in the world a lot. People will always tell you, my God is this, my God is that. There are some people that will even tell you, I don't even believe in God, or I don't believe in your God. But I don't know if you guys ever had this experience before, but has any of them ever called you for prayer? Has any of them ever told you, I don't need God, but somehow they know that you believe in Jesus Christ, 
that they may call you, hey, um, can you pray for me? Oh, you need prayer. But I thought that you didn't believe in this God. So in many cases, people need to stop kidding themselves with a lot of stuff because I think in many cases people know, but their vanity takes them and pushes them away. Well, I don't want to do this. So if I don't acknowledge a God, then I don't have to obey one. So when they're in deep trouble, here comes the phone calls. Mm -hmm. All right. So it says, uh, where am I? Verse 14. 14 thanks. Uh, then Daniel answered and counseled and wisdom uh, to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the, the king's captain, why is the decree so hasty from the king? Then Arioch made the thing known to Daniel. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time and that he would shew the king the interpretation. So imagine not even knowing, you know, um, not even know. Well, he's looking out for people. Daniel's life wasn't on the line here. He was after the kings, of, I mean, the wise men of Babylon. But Daniel, you know, didn't want anybody to be slain. He said, hey, just give me time and I'll, and I'll um, come up with the interpretation. So before Daniel even sought God, he believed that God was God that can answer this interpretation. That's faith. Mm -hmm. Verse 17, Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now these are the three you know, Hebrew boys. Yeah. These are their Hebrew names yeah. before Nebuchadnezzar changed them. But they were friends of Daniel, his companions, that they, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in the night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. Now, how many times has the Lord gotten us out of a situation and given us revelation? And we say, thank you, God, but we don't reverence his name such like this. And true praise. Yep. Verse 21. And he changed the times and the seasons. He removeth kings. He setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what it is. I mean, what what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, thou, O God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might, and has made known unto me not what we desired of thee, for thou hast, for thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. Therefore Daniel went into Arioch, whom the king had ordained to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus unto him, Destroy not the wise men of Babylon, Bring me in before the king, and I will shew unto the king the interpretation. Then uh, Arioch uh, brought in Daniel before the king in haste, and said thus unto him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah that will make known unto the king the interpretation. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, so this is Daniel's uh, Babylonian name, Art thou able to make known unto me the dream which I have seen and the interpretation thereof? Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which is, I mean, the secret which the king hath demanded 
uh, cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers, shew unto the king. But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. So it's awesome how David, I mean, not David, Daniel went in, he spoke to the king, the king wanted information from him, so can you do it? Daniel made clear first of who couldn't do it. Then before he even gave an interpretation, he gave it right back to the king of glory. That's right. Well, I can't do it. This guy couldn't do it, but there is a God. Mm -hmm. You know, so everything we do is to shine light on the one true God. That's right. Mm -hmm. Verse 29. As for thee, O king, uh, thy thoughts came into thy mind upon thy bed. What should come to pass hereafter? And he revealed secrets made known, made known to thee uh, what shall uh, come to pass. So this is 30. Here's where we get into it. And it says, But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living, but for their sakes uh, that shall make known the interpretation to the king, and that thou mightest know the thoughts of thy heart. So another thing here before we get into this, Daniel here, it had nothing to do with him. Daniel wasn't relying on his own strength. Daniel cared for even the Babylonians who believed in something different. Mm -hmm. But Daniel here is saying, you know, he's loving his neighbor and he's loving his God. Mm -hmm. You see how the same rules apply even 500 years before the coming of Jesus Christ. So it's no secret who God puts his spirit on and his wisdom into all right, so verse 31, and it says, Thou, O king, sawest and behold a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, uh, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet, and were of iron and clay, and brake them to pieces. Then was the iron and clay, and brass and silver and gold, broken to pieces together, and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floor, th the threshing floors. And the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain, and filled the whole earth. So a lot of the times when you see the word mountain here, it really means empire. Okay, because um, even when we go further into Daniel 7 tonight, it's going to show when it talks about certain hills or mountains. Mm -hmm. Mountain is another word for empire. Okay, so the quick interpretation of this, the head of gold is Nebuchadnezzar. That was Babylon. And then you go into Persia. Persia was, you know, the silver in the chest. The brass was the thighs and the waist of um uh, Greece, and then when you go to Rome, notice there were two legs there of iron. So Rome was iron, but the two legs represents the Western um, Roman Empire and the Eastern. One was known as the Byzantine Empire, and then the other was the Western Empire. Okay, so they were ruled by, um, I think at that time it was like different, um, what's the word, Caesars or different emperors, governors. right, governors at that time, right. Okay, so um, where did I stop at verse 30, 36? Verse 36. 
This is the dream, and, and will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, art a king of kings. For And notice those are two lowercase k's. Okay, so, you know, he's not that special. For the God of heaven hath given thee uh, the kingdom, power, and strength of glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beast of the field and the fowls and the fowls of the heaven hath he given into thine hand, and hast uh, made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. So we got to understand that God even gives power unto certain things. Okay, or unto certain governments. And this is something that people don't realize. As we learn, um, if you go to, I think it's in Isaiah uh, 20-something or 30-something, it talks about King Cyrus, who was, you know, from Persia, but the Lord had placed him in power because he knew that Cyrus, you know, was somewhat of a kind man, that the will of Israel would be done through him. So why God gives power to any real nation is to really do his will. Not that they may be of him or believe the same, but the influence can be brought proper because this person, though they may not believe, may be willing to do his will. Right. So that's why in many cases I don't feel sorry for America. I don't know what the whole story is concerning Russia. I've heard a lot of things concerning um, Putin, how he said... He wants to be a champion for Christianity. He's against homosexuality in his military and all these other things. I don't know if this is a ploy or what, but the example I'm making is, because I'm not fighting for any country, is that he's talking about knocking out America and taking over. Now, if this be the Lord's will, then so be it. We can't have fear of this mm -hmm. because Daniel was in three captivities. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah was in two. And no matter what, the Lord's will ended up being done. That's right. All right. So, all right. So Nebuchadnezzar was the head of gold. Um, in verse 39. And after thee shall rise another kingdom inferior to thee, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron. For as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, as the iron that breaketh all things, shall it break in pieces and bruise. So what we understand here, because Nebuchadnezzar was probably the richest, you know, at this point. He talked about nations inferior to him that might actually be weaker, not as strong as military power, maybe not as much um, influence as far as intelligence. But as they go down in, in um, value, they gain in strength. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you notice that brass is stronger than silver, silver is stronger than gold. Mm -hmm. But then you have iron that's stronger than them. But as it's going down, this thing is getting stronger. And I look at this because, you know, Nebuchadnezzar's image was the image of a man. So though man may have at one point had what God desired, I'm looking at this as man really depreciating through time. How people want to think that we're evolving we're not. We're getting worse. We mm -hmm. may become more fierce, you know, and, and brutal like beasts, but we're not as what God made. So every year, like, you know, we talk about at work and other places that it's so funny how generations of children are being raised not knowing Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's becoming frightening if you think about it, mm -hmm. that, you know, parents will get mad at you. If you mention Jesus, you got parents that will say, well... You know, you don't tell my child about the goodness of Jesus and about prayer and about this and that. 
I mean, what an animal. Mm. I mean, to not even want your child to learn what is better. So this is how we're going over time. Man is devaluing mm-hmm. instead of really being what God wants. Yeah, it's, it's even, um, it's a connection with um, how they started out with the age, too. Because mm-hmm. they, started, they started out um, living to like a thousand years old. Exactly. And then slowly became mm-hmm. lower and lower. Yeah. And, lower. and they want to say that we're evolving. No, we're not. I mean, we're getting worse. People yeah. are dying real young. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's a great point. I mean, it's just that people are just falling apart. Mm-hmm. But they want to push the idea of evolution, and we're going to find out why, because we're right at that place. All right, so it says, uh, verse 41, And whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay, and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron. For as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay, and as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. So after you get through to this part, there's something weird that takes place because there was iron in the last empire, but this empire seems to have clay, which symbolizes man. And then there was iron that was part of like Rome. But there is something greater here going on because the iron doesn't just represent Rome. It represents another time. Okay, verse 42, and then it says, And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. So this is a pretty weird kingdom considering the others were whole. One was gold, one was silver, one was brass, but now... They were all pure in their own... Exactly. Exactly. So now we're looking at this one like, man, what is going on? Like, this thing just seems jumbled together. Like, what are they getting at? 43... And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. So, I know an interesting thing here, when I read this over before, when it says, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. So you would have to wonder, what are, who is they? Mm-hmm. Who are the they people that they're talking about? So we got to keep this in mind, because... We're going to tackle this today. I personally believe that this has much to do with, of course, Rome would still be in charge. The Catholic Church, the Roman Empire, never went anywhere. You got America that adopted the eagle from Greece and Rome. You got Great Britain that has the same, you know, emblems. You know, our Senate, our democracy, all the government that we have today came straight out of Rome. All right, but what I believe here is while Rome is in charge... Okay, that when they say they, this is speaking of a technological statement. I believe that this is more technological than it has to do with just, you know, state or the Nephilim and all this other stuff. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain why I believe this. But, you know, if you look at how man today is merging with machine and you keep watching movies about the Matrix and all these other things where they talked about, um, you know, technology ruling and man and you know artificial intelligence and all this other stuff i believe that this is what this kingdom is going to have and i'm not going to say it's that only either there will be beasts involved there will be other things but this kingdom is like a mess i mean it's it's truly trying to destroy an original good copy all right and i'm going to prove that point um we're going to go there in a little bit but you know just remember this about the they verse 44 
And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. So you got this image. Now five kingdoms were just named. Remember, five is always a number of grace before the coming of Jesus Christ, which is this rock that's going to smite the image. The oh, the stone, right. Oh, no, no, I mean, this, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, like a rock, like mm -hmm. Christ, yep. Forty-five. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain with without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold. And uh, great the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and worshipped Daniel, and commanded that they should offer an oblation of sweet and sweet odors unto him. The king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods and Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldst reveal this secret. So Daniel got this whole thing right. Okay, verse 48. Then the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon, the chief of the governors uh, over all the wise men of Babylon. Then Daniel requested of the king that he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now you know this is Hananiah, um, Azariah, and... Uh, I think it's Michel. Yeah. yeah, those were his friends, right. Uh, over the affairs of the province of Babylon, but Daniel sat in the gate of the king. Now, see, as much praise as Nebuchadnezzar gave Daniel for finding out this interpretation, they didn't do anything to Nebuchadnezzar's pride. If Nebuchadnezzar learned that he was the head of gold, then there was a body of silver, then there was, you know, the brass, the, the iron, and the clay. Nebuchadnezzar said, okay, I've got an idea. Because if the image is supposed, if I'm supposed to be this head, and I'm supposed to be taken out, so I'm just going to build an image of pure gold. So that will say that, you know, if I do this, then it makes me look like I'm living forever. So this is his plan. So we'll pick it up in Daniel 3 and 1, and it says, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth of it six cubits, he set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Okay, so this thing was um, the image of a man. That's one six. It was 60 cubits tall. That's another six. And six cubits wide. So this thing, I don't even know how it stood up that it was so thin and so tall. But he made sure that it was perfect sixes being drawn. So this is the Lord trying to give us a... Um, uh, Revelation, verse 2. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent together, uh, together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the province, and come to the dedication of the uh, image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Now, I want us to get a real good look at this, because I think at some other point it talks about assembly. But I'm looking at this thing as... Yes, everybody in the world is worshiping this image. But also, um, we have events that go on, such as the Oscars, 
where you have people get together in an assembly mm -hmm. to give credit to people that have, you know, achieved great things. You know, you did great in the movie, Lifetime Image Awards. And, and people think that these award ceremonies are just to give these people praise. Really, they're giving praise to the image of man. This is, this is a, a display of humanism when you go and you watch all this stuff and then they perform and there's music playing as we're going to read. It's the same type of setup, but they just call them award ceremonies when really they're worshiping something much greater than that. Verse 3, then the princes, the, you going to say something? Oh, okay. Then the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the province were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up, and they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then an herald cried aloud to you, It is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the sultry, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Okay, so you look at the princes here. They would be like the rich, the rulers. You got the governors. They would be the politicians. You got the captains that would be like military. You got the judges, those who are, you know, responsible for the law. You got the treasurers like the bankers. You got the counselors, which are like the education system. You got the sheriffs of those who enforce the law. Okay, so I want everybody to get a real good look at who this image is going to control. Okay, so we are in a place where we can rely on nobody more than Jesus Christ. Okay, because everyone came to worship this image. Verse 6 or 7. Therefore, at the time when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, the flute, the hawk, the sap, but the, dultry, the uh, sultry, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. So notice that all languages, all people in the province bowed to this image. Verse 8, Wherefore at the time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews, they spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, sultry, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And I want to say something, too, because I did a little research. We were talking about this last week or the week before. This image represented 666. I was saying, wouldn't it be funny if we knew the measurement of what these Oscars were? Well, I actually did look the, me the measurement up, and the measurement of the Oscar award is 13 inches and 6. 13.6 inches. Okay, so that's not by accident. 13 is a sign of rebellion, yep. and then you got the 6 there for representing man. Yeah. So people love to play games like this and to do things, but... You know, it's pretty much the same thing they're doing today. Verse 11, And whoso falleth not down and worship, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews from uh, thou hast uh, set over the affairs of the, prophet, the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee, 
They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and his fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, it is, is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? So see, it wasn't about worshiping his gods. He was so focused on this image. And I believe it could have been an image of himself or an image of Nimrod or whatever, but we got to make clear that this image is very important. And everyone in the province bowed down to this thing. Verse 15, Now if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the sultry and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? And as Christians, I'm telling people, if your eyes are focused on the Lord, we've got to get ready for this. Because you will receive that pink slip one day if you're not for certain laws. You are going to have to stand for the faith. And if you notice, everyone here bowed down. There were only three people that did it. We've got to stop looking at numbers and believing that, well, the Christians have got to be in large congregations. Everyone bowed to this beast. Now, you know, they were not the only people, the only Israelites in Babylon. Babylon was taken, took captivity, I mean, took Israel into captivity. So there were thousands of, maybe hundreds of thousands of people there. But there were only three that remembered their culture or their God. Okay? So it says, uh, where am I in verse uh, 16? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, what are, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. So right away, these guys are God conscious. They're not worried about their lives here. They're speaking of eternal life. They believe that their God will deliver them. But if not, they will not bow down. And we've got to come to that reality because I feel personally that we're way too attached to things of men. Yeah. And what I mean by this is, as much as we may love people like Martin Luther King, okay, and I'm not taken away from his work. I'm making a point that there are people today that, that, that take him as almost a Messiah, as almost as Jesus Christ, because he fought for civil rights. There are people that believe in Plato and Socrates and all these other people and Buddha and all these other men that walk the earth, that people have put their stock in. So right away, you got these people here that are into the people, into man, into self, and they're not into God. So we've got to be detached from this because, you know, um, James and I talk about, you know, Tupac, how, man, he could have been somebody that the Lord could have used. Because the guy was bold, okay? He spoke his mind. He, you know, he, no matter how much they tried to get him to go right, he kept going left. But either way, he didn't find the God of the Bible. 
So you see, people worship Tupac today and believe that he was great when really he was really an enemy of the, of the one true God. Now some people would say, how can that be? Everyone loved what he did. Everyone loved what he said. You got people don't even believe he's dead. Still wanting to believe in him, but he was an enemy of God. So we've got to become focused on, on Jesus Christ for real. Because if there's anything, anyone, I don't care if it's pastor, I don't care if it's professor, I don't care who you consider great in this world, if they are not Jesus Christ, then we can be led astray. It doesn't matter. Yep. And I know I'll offend people with what I said, but this is the truth. It's not just them, man. There's so many out there that people look for, trying to get the right man in office and all this other stuff. All right, where are we? Verse 20. Uh, 19. 19, thanks. Uh, then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage, his face, was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it wont to be heated than it was before. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Okay, so that seven times hotter speaks of the tribulation period. You know, things going to ramp up. Okay, so this is where it's, it's headed. Uh, verse 21. Then it says, um, Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen and their hats, and uh, their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, now notice that these guys are bound in these clothing, 22. Therefore, because the king commanded, commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So the fire was so hot, these guys were burned as soon as the furnace was open. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, astonished, and rose up in haste and spake and said unto the counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said um, unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. So we got to understand here that they were bound in their coats, in this tribulation. They were, they were bound, thrown into this fire, into this furnace. Okay, but when, they, when the king saw them, they were loosed and walking through the tribulation. So this is why people talk about tribulation like it's such a bad thing. You know what? There's nothing like a good tribulation to purge the church free. Mm -hmm. Because you got a lot of people that are men claiming to be men of God or women of God, and they're really bound to either religious systems. They're bound to this world. Mm -hmm. But, man, when that fire hits us, okay, you're going to, I mean, it's going to separate those who are real mm -hmm. from those who are fake. Yeah. And you fire, fire is supposed to purge. It's that's right. Clean. Exactly. Purge us from all, you know, things that are on them. So notice they were set free in this fire. What we need to be set free from tonight, because this is what it's about, is the image of a man. We cannot be men. We have to be men and women of God. Because as long as you're a man and you think that you're righteous, you're nothing more than a beast. So this is what the Lord is trying to set us free from. Because, I mean, people think that man isn't wicked 
Do you know to go to hell, all you got to do is be a man? All you got to do is be a man living an average life. Okay? And if you don't know Jesus Christ, you will go to hell. Mm -hmm. That's how serious this is. But this is why people are coming up with their own laws and their own value systems. Because they believe in the good of man. To be honest with you, I can't stand humanism. Mm -hmm. I don't like when people are pushed up. I'm not talking about giving honor to whom honors do. I'm talking about people that are, man, you, did you hear what Einstein said? Man, forget Einstein. What about Jesus Christ? What about this wisdom? What about 100% accuracy and prophecy? What about wisdom so great that even when you go over it again and again and again, you're still learning more and pulling more out of it? But they want an E equals MC squared, and everyone's blown away by it. You know, and it turns out that you'll find Einstein and many of these men, they were witches, they were diviners. Mm -hmm. These guys experimented with drugs to be able to go into the spirit realm and receive some information. So, I mean, you know, there's nobody so great, and we've got to realize that if we're not talking Jesus Christ, we're not even talking. There's yep. nothing that is that important. So we want less of us and more of Jesus. And if you guys have seen Nebuchadnezzar's image, it's just this image of a man, you know, sitting there stoic, arms folded, you know, proud. And, you know, God needs to break us down to where, I mean, we become humble and before him. Yes. Because Nebuchadnezzar thought after hearing a dream, I'm just going to build this image and maybe my empire will live forever. Mm -hmm. As we That's found out. What's that? It does say, Matthews, uh, he that humbles himself shall be exalted. Exactly. And he who exalts himself shall be abased. Amen. And I mean, you know, that's what's really important. And Nebuchadnezzar's image has far greater, I mean, it, it's really worshipped today. We don't realize how much men are worshipped. Mm -hmm. You got people, man, that will get fooled in every election, every four years, still looking for the right man in office. Yeah. Still looking for somebody that's going to deliver them. Remember with Jesus and Barabbas, who did they choose? Barabbas. Barabbas. Yeah, chose Barabbas yeah. yeah, you know Barabbas means son of the father. Hmm. So that was kind of like another antichrist. And that's what we're really dealing with. That's what this image represents. It's a spirit of antichrist. Anything that is not going Jesus Christ's way is his antichrist. Mm -hmm. And all it takes for man to do is just be a man. And you automatically go away from the Lord. That's right. So good. So that makes me like this is this is very important. That makes me think of also that it may not also apply to like men like like making an image of himself. It mm -hmm. may also apply to like uh, possessions. You know, yes. Like, uh, I don't know, like a TV, mm -hmm. uh, ring, like jewelry, mm -hmm. like things like that. It mm -hmm. also applies to that. Like if you can't let it go, you're basically like serving that. It's true. Yeah. Because think about it. When you watch TV, you see all these people pumped up, pushed up in society. This is the image. It's no wonder why people mm -hmm. like Lil Wayne are giving so much money. Because the devil wants to devalue you. He wants you people up there that don't even know their ABCs, making millions of dollars just to bring people in. Think about what rap is. Now, people think it's like, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's obviously some skill there. Okay, David wrote Psalms, but this is not in the spirit of God. Okay, I mean, you're making nursery school rhymes to beats as a grown man. Jay-Z, 50-year-old rapper, and he's still out there receiving praise, and people try and break down their lyrics as if they're scripture. Oh, because what I think what he was saying is, you know, I mean, like, man, you, this is 
garbage. Mm -hmm. And how you know it is, look at how society worships this and look at how devalued the kids are becoming. Yeah. Look at how they're becoming empty-headed morons in society listening to this trash. I mean, you know, you can't grow in this. You want to make a point? Yeah, I was uh, also thinking that um, I've come across some people who, who like, express that they can't go... They can't leave the house without like a certain you know thing, or they feel naked. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't feel confident, or they just don't feel you know themselves. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think of like how they created this image that they gotta be this particular thing to be seen, like mm -hmm. to appear before people. Mm -hmm. They gotta have this necklace on. They gotta have this, you know, to look or appear a certain way. Otherwise, they feel void, or they feel naked, or yeah. they just can't go without it. And this is why the Lord can't fill us. Because there's too much of self. Mm -hmm. And self stinks in the nostrils of God. That's right. We really got to be careful what he, what we do mm -hmm. and what we say before him. Because God wants, you know, we were doing the uh, teaching Sunday on the seventh sacred annual feast. And, you know, we realized that every single feast had something to do with Jesus Christ. All of them. Mm -hmm. and, and the funny thing was that God doesn't want your sacred feast. People got to understand it's in the New Testament. He's not interested in that. He's not interested in your religious works. He's not interested in your church attendance. All God wants is a vessel that he can work through. And man in his pride and his ways will not give you that. And that's why it tells you in Romans 12, you know, um, uh, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed in the renewal of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's an offering. All the Lord wants is you. But we're trying to, you know, I got to have this and I need to be that. And then, you know, and you're just getting in his way. You want to make your point? I was just going to say, back to listening, if you actually listen to the lyrics of a lot of rap, you can... Um, from seeing spiritually now, I never noticed it when I was into that music. Me too, but now yeah. that I'm away from it, um, you actually can see a lot of these artists are really lost. And sometimes even their lyrics are almost spiritually crying out, wanting more, but so in bondage mm -hmm. and in slavery. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of interesting to look at it that way, That's too. That's why Michael Jackson was murdered, because he started realizing what was going on around him. He started, actually started talking about it, and that's why he was killed. Exactly, but look at how the devil pushed him up as a child. Mm -hmm. There's pictures of Michael Jackson like this, yep. covering one eye, you know, mm -hmm. and, and doing the Illuminati symbol, five years old. But look at how they pushed this kid up, made him an idol, mm -hmm. and then just destroyed him. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you want to put your stock in Jesus and not in men, That's but right. Hollywood has got people captivated. I mean, you know, just this world selling dreams. Do you know what God's design would be? And I'm only being, you know, up front. And the reason why I draw this revelation is from the Word. Mm -hmm. God wouldn't mind if you were 12 years old and you got full of the Holy Ghost and you lived every day for Him going all over the world. Mm -hmm. God would appreciate that more than your education, you mm -hmm. doing this, you doing that. God just wants a vessel. That's right. Peter and the boys, I mean, they were considered ignorant and unlearned. But these are the people that Jesus was walking through. So he just wants image, he wants you, he wants his image, well, he wants you to become a reflection of what he is. Yeah. And that is the only desire in this world. But if we stay attached to this, man, we got no choice but to bow the knee. Many of us are bowing the knee to the image and not even realizing it. And every day we're just hoping the Lord takes us from it. 
But we don't think we're bowing. Ask the Lord to just search us out and look a little bit deeper. Right. Because to be honest with you, yes, we do praise our God. Okay? We do have studies. We do, you know, spend time in prayer. But in, in a real sense, how different are we from people in the world? We're in the world. We're working at the same place. We even adopt many of the same things. I'm not saying go be a vagabond and do whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm just making a point that if we think that we are separated from this image, then we, we really need to check deep That's and right. really see what's there. Because many people will not be ready for a collapsed economy. Mm -hmm. Many people will not be ready to see God just strip us mm -hmm. from everything else. A lot of people are going to be lost. And as we're going to find out with this iron and miry clay, man, one thing I do give James credit for is that he doesn't use his phone much. I can message James in the morning. I won't hear from him till maybe evening or the next day if he's not busy, but he's not attached to his phone. Right. I can't say that for me. There are times I'm on the phone looking stuff up and doing what. And you know, all the devil wants to do with that is make you more dependable. Mm -hmm. You know, because a lot of people, you leave your phone at home, you feel naked. Mm -hmm. You really do. If you ever left your phone, you, oh, mm -hmm. I don't know who's calling me today. I don't know this. I don't know that. But you're not focused on Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is where I believe man and machine are merging together. So, um, where do I want to go? Let's go to Daniel 11 real quick. I mean, we're going to have to jump back, but I do want to go to this Daniel 11 to make a quick point. Concerning this iron and miry clay. That made me think about, I think it was it yesterday, we was having a conversation about getting spanked. Oh, and yeah. And uh, one of the staff said, um, you know, that's that's your opinion. And then you kind of like redirected, like, it's not my opinion. You know, it's biblical. Oh, yeah, you know? that's right. Like I was like, no, mind. this is the word of God that I'm talking about. But yeah, I, I kind of feel like this is basically like the same thing. I mean, it's different. It's not like a whooping, but we are being stripped of, mm -hmm. you know, the things that mm -hmm. might um, distract us from God. You know, it's like um, if, if we come with an, um, an, an economy that we never experienced before, some people may not handle it mm -hmm. because they don't, they don't go through the day, the, the day, the day life practicing like I'm getting rid of this because I want to serve the living God right. in thought and mind, strength, right. spirit, everything. Mm -hmm. right. So when that time comes, they won't know how to handle it. No. You know, they don't have somebody, rules. that person that, people that does that and practice it every day, it's not necessary. It's not us that would be able to handle it. It's Jesus that mm -hmm. he tells us to follow these things and keep it. And it's him that, that keeps us from, you know, going crazy, pulling our hair out and, it's, totally, it's because that's one of the issues, too, is a lot of people want to take Jesus through the door with your other luggage. And it's like, man, we're adding things on, mm -hmm. but it's really distancing us from Jesus. And it's true. I was, it's funny he brought that up because I was going through my phone and I, I learned that I had some old music. Now, I mean, I don't even listen to this music anymore, but I was like, man, I should erase this. And as I started clicking off, checking off the things like, man, I need more memory anyway. I don't need this stuff in my phone. There was a part of me I felt did not want to let it go. Not because I listened to it, but because, you know, I had a collection once of all these songs. So finally I was like, no. If, I, if you don't want to let something go, it's usually a reason for that, and you need to cut ties with it. Mm -hmm. So I just, man, just went through there deleting a bunch of stuff that is not even of God. But what we talk about at work, 
there's a lot of self-proclaimed Christians around that place, you know, and, and really all over. But a lot of people will tell you they believe in God, but as you continue to talk to them, you find out their thoughts and their mind is so far from God. I mean, and not that any of us are totally there with the Lord, but I'm just saying you find a lot of people are so distant in their belief system that how could you call yourself a Christian? A Christian is like Christ. Yeah. You know, but a lot of people are already bowing down to this thing. And you can tell by their fruits and their words, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Like really as believers, yeah. whenever we talk to other believers, we should be lifting each other up constantly. You know? Exactly. Our conversation always consists of the God and like testimony and bringing people up. Yes. You know when you're dealing with a Christian because we can talk to we can talk about Jesus all day. Mm -hmm. If we could really talk about him for five straight hours in here, no one would even care. Mm -hmm. But usually you find in that some people want to change the subject and get mm -hmm. into other stuff. And hey, did you see that show and this and that? Think, yeah, that makes me think. I think I start to think. It comes to me now. Like I, I kind of feel like people do that because it's not just that they feel uncomfortable, but they feel convicted that they would have to change. Mm -hmm. They have to like mm -hmm. there's there. You have no choice if you come if you come between if you come before God and before the living God. There is no twat waddling the fence. Mm -hmm. It's either you serve God or you don't. And I kind of feel like in the presence of those people, they they do want to deter get out. It's of true because the name Jesus Christ is a game changer. It just brings you back to reality. It makes you think of heaven. It makes you think of hell. It makes you think of he's coming back to end the world. So if the world, if you love the world, you don't want to talk about Jesus. Because Jesus is the end of all your excitement. He's the end of these kingdoms that people are indulging in. All right, so let's go to Daniel 11. And um, we'll start at verse, uh, let's go to verse 31. No, let's go to verse 34. Okay, because if you read Daniel 11 in your spare time, this is talking about um, the Greek Empire. This was the time of Antiochus Epiphanes, what he did, um, Alexander's kingdom splitting up and becoming four generals. And, I mean, it works all the way down till you get to verse 35, and then you realize you're dealing with the Antichrist. Okay. So, uh, verse, where did I say, 34? Yes. Okay, and it says, Now when they shall fall, they shall be hoping uh, with a little help, but many shall cleave to them with flatteries. So one thing we have to understand about the Antichrist is, he's going to be your best friend. Okay, he's going to be a self-proclaimed Christian. He's going to be someone that's going to tap into your senses, that's going to make you want him. Okay? He's going to be flattering. Verse 35. And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge and to make them white, even to the time of the end, because it is yet for a time appointed. And the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god and shall speak marvelous things against the god of gods and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished, for that, for, for that that is determined shall be done. So one thing we understand about the spirit of Antichrist here, the spirit of man, you'll always blaspheme God. They'll always go against God. You know, you talk about Jesus, they talk about Einstein. You talk about a, a gospel song that you heard, 
that lifts you up. They want to introduce you to something else of the world. Okay, so he would be totally opposed to what God is. All right, his whole appetite is different. Verse 37, neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women. So this Antichrist, this spirit, will not regard um, any religion of the past. So where a lot of people think that the Catholic Church is the Antichrist, they are a spirit of Antichrist, but they're not the whole story. They're just one part of it. But when this guy comes on the scene, he's going to do away with Catholicism. He's going to do away with Judaism. He's going to do away with all these other religions, and he is going to regard something else. All right, so it says he'll have no desire of women. Now, this could mean he's totally on the job, but I imagine that he will be homosexual. Okay, and why I say that is because if this world is becoming more antichrist and homosexuality is spreading abroad and you're beginning to see the, the Baphomet in real time, yeah. man, beast, and you know everything coming together, then remember, he's going to step into a world that is his. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right, so then it says nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above them all. But in his estate shall he honor the God of forces, a God whom his fathers knew not, shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and pleasant things. So I want to look up this God of forces real quick, but I do want to read verse 39. This is the key. Thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strange God, Okay, um, so this God is going to be like no other, whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory, and he shall cause them to rule over many, and shall divide the land uh, for gain. So who is this them? First they talked about they, and now you're hearing them. So look at this. This is um, what the word forces means. This is Strong's definition, H4581. And the word is myos, or myos, and it says, a place or means of safety, protection, refuge, a stronghold uh, of God, a refuge of God, figuratively, human protection, figuratively, a defense, a force, a fort, a rock, strengthen, or stronghold. Now, these words may not mean a lot, you know, um, to some people, but I gather, what is man really relying on more than anything now? Computer. Yeah, Computer, technology, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. So this God of forces is none other than, I believe, you know, this God of forces that he's going to be worshiping is going to be bringing things that are part man and part machine. Mm -hmm. Now, I know a lot of people would think that's crazy, but he said he would cause them to rule over. So who is this them? If the clay is man and the iron is something else, that makes clear because clay is man and the iron is something else, then what is this they and what is this them? So we're talking, a, this is a technological statement where we're talking almost sci-fi. I mean, this is the time of RoboCop. This is the time of the Terminator. This is the time of, I mean, think about it. What can be more cold than a machine? Think about it. If you got a robot to do your will, he's got no human emotion. Yeah, right. He's going to do what he's programmed to do. So this is pretty awesome to think about because I know my crowd, you know, people may think I'm crazy 
you know, don't turn it off. I'm just saying, just listen to what's being said. But this is a technological statement, and we're going to prove this because Revelation 13 talks about where the mark would be and how it would be. And in the King James Bible, it says, in the hand, in the forehead. Yeah, so I was, I, I've been thinking about that, that I don't think it's necessarily, I mean, it might be literal, but mm -hmm. I don't think so. I think it's nature. It's three things. Because if, if you think about it, if you put a chip in a baby, that baby doesn't have a chance. Mm -hmm. You know, so it makes sense that it has to be like somebody who's growing up in life practicing a nature that's not righteous. Mm -hmm. Like it has to, it has, it's in their hand and mm -hmm. in their mind like to do something. Right. Wicked. It's three things. As we're going to learn because the Bible refers to the beast in three different things. One is it's a system, you know, like a government. Two, it's a man. Man without God is a beast, no doubt about it. And then there is the nature, like James is talking about, that you will, that, you know, you'll see these things come forward. So let's go to Ecclesiastes 3. But I just wanted to bring up that point real quick about, man, you know, that God of forces, I believe that's what the iron and miry clay is. What's growing more than anything now? Technology. And I'm not speaking against technology that helps, but the devil doesn't build anything for nothing. There's always a purpose behind it. Ecclesiastes 3. Anybody want to add anything they could? Yeah. Um, a while back when I was still going to the gym, um, I know, right? they had, uh, I think this was last summer, early last summer, and they had they have these TVs up on the second floor, mm -hmm. and they had this really one quick commercial talking about in the year. I mean, if if, if we have this long, you know, just a commercial, but they said by the year twenty thirty, I think it was, they wanted to have robots in everybody's homes mm -hmm. and helping them. In the very last clip, which was real quick, was one of the iRobot robots <laughs> putting the putting the shawl over the grandma because that's in the movie. Mm -hmm. And so it was a real just thirty second that's commercial. But yeah. the, the ones uh. that the ones that are really going to be propagated are the ones that are the quickest commercials and you have to pick up what that commercial is saying because they don't want to go into grave detail mm -hmm. and scare scare everybody but you know they got the watch now the apple watch that's got you scan it under the barcode yeah so I, well as i i know that some of that stuff is already happening and i think in europe mm -hmm. where they actually have like a barcode mm -hmm. in your hand and you mm -hmm. can actually scan it mm -hmm. and uh, i think it was probably maybe no this was last year Last school year, um, usually we would, the, the students, or it was like a routine where the students would watch CNN News every day. Mm -hmm. And then like th this particular CNN News was talking about how in Japan, Japan is way far in, in, like technology-wise right. ahead of America, but they already have robots there. Like it's, you can go oh, yeah. to an, um, what do you call those things where you machine you get snacks? You vending machine. You can go to a vending machine and get like a dinner, like <laughs> a, a real dinner. And it's like right there. It's. Like, I can believe that. Yeah, and they have like mm -hmm. robots. They got like um, they're talking about all kinds of stuff like they've, that they've already started um, putting mm -hmm. into like production in, in Japan. See, I can totally believe that because you know it's all about the devil always sells you on speed and convenience. You know, making you you know that that shows how not concentrated and lazy we become as people, like a, like an animal. Try and get your dog to watch TV with you and see how long before his attention span is before he lays down and goes to sleep or looks elsewhere. 
Try and read your book to a dog. Now, some people would say they don't have the intelligence, but it's more to it than that. There's a discipline that God has given man that man is trying real hard to lose. Mm -hmm. This is why when we tell children in school, hey, do your work, you know, I don't want to do this and that, you know, but why are you even here? Mm-hmm. You know, you come to school to learn, but the system, look at the computers it's in like, schools. Yeah, they're checking out mm-hmm. mentally, socially, spiritually, all that. It's true. Now, they can do their work with calculators. I never had one in school. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mean calculator. You better remember your times table. Mm-hmm. You better go through these steps and work this problem out. And, you know, of course, I would have loved a calculator back then, but look at what's happening to the mind. Yeah, we, we had calculators when we were in school, but our... our, our from what I remember, we were taught um, to to use it without, to, okay. to learn it without. Oh, yeah, like they were around, but yeah. it was just like yeah, we like weren't we're, allowed to use them. But, but now they can use them on tests and everything now. In terms of like um, the iron and clay thing, it, it makes me think like how time goes on that. Um, I've, I've heard people say where it's like you can't recognize a man, a woman from a, wait, a man from a woman and a woman from a man. Like nowadays, like how a woman mm-hmm. wants to be a man, like you you can't make mm-hmm. the difference. Or if a man wants to be a woman, you can't make the difference anymore. And, no. and it's just getting worse. As, as Everything as as, is being thrown together. Yeah. I mean, it's a real upside down kingdom. That's what's it's really um, happening today. I heard someone saying like, it's, it's kind of crazy. Like you think that you're walking down the street talking to a woman, but that's actually like a big brusque man. Mm-hmm. You say the wrong thing and you think, Oh, I can take this woman, but no, that's a that's a man. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's 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 getting out like it's getting. getting it's getting true. Crazy. Look at even the the way man used to walk for miles, and now everybody's driving everywhere. I'm not saying there's anything against cars, but I'm just saying it's no wonder how we had parents or grandparents that played basketball in Converse's, them old Chuck Taylors. I mean, can you imagine playing in those today? People are so, men are so much weaker today, and they've got less appreciation for their bodies than, yeah. than before. No one wants, you have to get a gym membership when, I remember as a kid, there were no heavy set people growing up. There might have been one kid in my neighborhood that was kind of big, but he could keep up with the rest of them. I mean, this kid was fast, yeah. you know, but now you just got a bunch of kids that are, I mean, their health is declining. And this is why that kingdom, even though there's iron in it, it's becoming so weak. This, it, it makes me also think, like, um, I know back in the day, um, there was, like, a, a physical w- wilderness. Like, mm-hmm. it was literal. And, like, now, I feel like it's mental. He moved so, it there, Yeah, back, sure. back then, like, you could, you know, um, physically, it was it's just different. But now, it's like, people can check out. It's not just physically. They can check out mentally. Exactly. And, you know, if you're mentally dead, you're dead altogether because you can't, you can't capture anything. All right, so Ecclesiastes um, uh, 3 and verse 18, everybody there? And it says, And I said in mine heart uh, concerning the estate of the sons of men, that God might manifest them, and that they might see that they, that they uh, themselves are beasts. So you see, this is talking about a different time. This is saying what would happen to the sons of men that God may reveal to them what they are so that they may be changed. And unless we come to this conclusion that we are beast void of Jesus Christ, you'll never get saved or stay saved. Verse 19, for that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beast, 
even one thing befalleth them, as the one dieth, so dieth the other. Yea, they that all are one breath, uh, so that a man hath no preeminence above a beast, for all is vanity. So if you live your life as a regular individual in this world, without God, you are no more than a beast, and the vanity of your own mind. You know, like might being right. Um, what's that word? Like instinctive. You live on instinct instead of living on, you know, the higher calling upon your life. Verse 20. All go unto one place, all are of the dust, and all turn to dust again. Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward, and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth? So this is why the devil had to dress some things up with technology. Again, because he wants to paint this idea of, evolution when really man we are becoming I mean all you got to do is go into the education school system and see what children are becoming just by this they got all the technology they can all do their homework with tablets they got all this stuff but in their minds they are animals they have no respect for people you know so this is what's happening got children cursing they know more about sex and stuff than a lot of grown-ups do I mean, no concern whatsoever. So the spirit of man goeth upward because God calls him higher. The spirit of the beast goeth downward to the earth. This is why Abel was able to give a good offering before the Lord. And you had Cain, who was earthy, pointed more towards the ground. Cain had the nature of a beast. Verse 22, Wherefore I perceive that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his own works, that this is his portion, for who shall bring him to see what shall be after him? So, you know, you can enjoy your life, but there is an eternity. And this is something that we got to know. We've got to reach our full potential of God and not be as men. Because men have no faith other than that which are beast. You will be destroyed. So let's go to First uh, Samuel uh, 8, and we'll start at verse 1. Here's another thing of the nature of a beast. Samuel 8 and 1. Everybody there? All right, and it says, And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abia, uh, and they were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. Uh, then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us uh, like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when he said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people, and all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. 
So, you know, let's get a real understanding of this. Israel was ruled by God. The prophets of God were the ones that would, you know, the Lord would speak to, and they would speak to Israel as in what to do. Okay, so there was no mistake in what God wanted. But then you find here, because Samuel's sons are not doing right, I mean, of course God could have appointed another prophet. That was no problem for God. You know, but these people here are saying, give us a king that he may rule over us. So their minds have turned from spiritual, which is what God is, unto fleshly carnal like man wanting a king. This is why when you tell people today, focus on Jesus Christ. Let's go out and win souls for Jesus. They say, no, this is a political problem. We need the right man in office, okay? Because he'll lower taxes, which is a carnal thing, because you're going to pay taxes regardless, mm -hmm. all right? So that's like a little, that, that's small. But then, oh, he'll give more jobs. Work for the Lord. He'll see to it that you'll never be without. But people want all these things. This can even be said of churches. You got pastors that are rulers over God's heritage. No one talks to God anymore. Everyone trusts in the pastor. The pastor has the answer. What he says goes. Now, I'm not saying that they can't counsel. But look at how everybody's mind has turned carnal towards man and away from God. So because they rejected Samuel, who was the mouthpiece or vessel for the, for the Lord, they don't realize they've rejected God. Why you don't see a lot of miracles and the Holy Ghost pouring out over churches is because these people have the image of a man in their sights. What's carnal, what I can see, what I can taste, what I can touch, what I can go to, and I can just perceive with my five senses is my reality. But the things of God are greater than this. And this is what he calls us for. So unless these things are taken out of our lives and we start to see things as spiritual, having the mind of Christ, you can't believe God. No matter how much you tell yourself that you will believe him, uh, and when this thing jumps off, I'm going to turn to Jesus. Unless you've got this stuff expunged from your life, you won't. I know mentally it sounds great. It sounds like, man, I'm not believing in the image of a man. I'm believing in God. Then why do you do what men do? Why do you relish in it? Why do you love it? You know, why are you still distanced from the Lord? We've got to learn to trust him and have more faith. But this is a big part of why we don't grow is because we can't get past the here and now. Every day Satan is telling you this is reality. Every day God is trying to tell you have your mind escape this reality unto his reality. That's right. Because all a man can do is see it, taste it, touch it, smell it, and hear it. What God can do, he can take you beyond that to where, man, you really do start to, you know, when the Lord talks to you when you're fasting, or, man, when he tells you things, and you're like, there's no way in the world I could have come up with that conclusion. These aren't my thoughts. This is the voice of God. And then we wonder why in a collapsed economy no one's going to be able to make it. Hey, I'm believing my God is going to pour manna down from heaven. If he did it for the Israelites, he's going to do it for the people of God. I'm believing he's going to sustain me. But as long as we believe that what we do daily is what's taking care of us, you can't believe God. That's, right. That's why he took them into the wilderness, into their own souls, mm -hmm. to expunge man and to have them be more like Christ to go into the promise. He took them into a barren land 
So that way they could believe. What if he took them straight to the land of milk and honey? They would have believed, well, yeah, he freed us from Pharaoh, but everything was already here. He sustained them when there was nothing. In order to believe him, man, we've got to get rid of self and have more of Christ. That's right. Where are we? Verse uh, 8. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. Now therefore hearken unto their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them, and shew them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that asked of him a king. And he said, This will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots to be his horsemen, and some shall run before his chariots. And he will appoint them captains, over thousands and captains over fifties, and will set them to ear, and, and set them to ear his ground, and to reap his harvest, and to make his instruments of war and instruments um, of his chariots. Okay, so it's clear that Saul would come, because Saul was the king that they're speaking of here, that he would come and treat them just like men. Instead of them doing the Lord's bidding, they're going to do Saul's bidding. So this is why the Lord said, show them what they will have. Again, not to get on churches, but this is what you see. Mm -hmm. All right, you're a deacon. You go around with the plate. You're a greeter at the door. And this is your will of the Lord. Greet the people as they come in. And you know what people think to this day? This is an assignment sent from the Lord. Did you, you look for greeter anywhere in this Bible that the Lord said you should have an office? You look for choir singer anywhere. I'm not saying you can't do these things. But I'm saying that people believe that this is all you have to do. Mm -hmm. Why? Because man set these things up. Mm -hmm. God never said, when you build that church, I want a choir over here. I want a little mantle out in front saying in remembrance of me, I'm going to sit in a high chair. Okay, you're going to have the mother of the church over here, you know, and then you're going to have all the ushers and the deaconess. And these things are invented by men. Okay, you can do things as far as the office is concerned, but you got that's not your only calling. Your calling is to go out and win souls for Christ. So this is what Saul is doing to the people of God, turning their eyes away from him. Verse 13, and he will take your daughters to be uh, confectionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers. And he will take your field and your vineyards and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. So, you know, we don't need to go any further to see what Saul's going to do. But God granted them their wish. God wanted to rule over them. Okay, but they wanted Saul. Okay, so the Lord gave them Saul. You don't ever want the Lord to give you what you want. That's a curse. If the Lord, I'm not saying he won't meet your desires. It's not nothing wrong with the Lord meeting your needs. But when you want something and it's not of God, and he gives you what you want, it's a curse. You won't be able to hang on to it. So this, again, is the image of a man that is portrayed. And why have they turned away from God? Let's go to Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17 and verse 5. Jeremiah 
And I won't lie, you know, with what I do at work, um, it's hard sometimes to sit there and hear man's wisdom being taught when you know the truth. Mm-hmm. It's hard to hear about evolution, knowing it is not true, knowing I don't believe in it. It's hard to hear about, you know, people promoting things that you know are not of God. Mm-hmm. But you know that this is part of the curriculum and this is what must be done. You know, there's times I feel like speaking up, man, this is a lie. Okay? You know, but hey, it's going to get to that point. I'm sure of it. All right, so Jeremiah 17 and 5, and it says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. So if you want your heart to depart from the Lord, all you got to do is believe in man. All you got to do is put your trust in man. All right, verse 6. For he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see what good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in the salt land, and not inhabit it. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope is in, whose hope uh, the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when he cometh, but um, her leaf shall be green, and shall be not careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Anytime we're dealing in our senses, anytime we're dealing in the way we see it, how we feel, okay, you're off track. This is all it takes to follow men. And this is why politicians are so successful. This is why false pastors are so successful. They try and entice you with things that you may want to pursue them. What did Paul say in Acts 20? When I leave, that they'll come the grievous wolves to come to you and try and make disciples of themselves. So they, these people want to draw you unto them and not to God. Right. And God has no place for this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go to Daniel 4. Daniel chapter 4. And all you got to do is be a man. You can't. What do they say? The carnal mind is the enemy of God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. That's all it takes. All right, so uh, this is a story of um, Nebuchadnezzar. How, you know, he thought he was living big, he was on top, he was doing his thing, and the Lord had to bring him low. Okay, so we're going to start in verse 10. All right, because this is another vision that Daniel had seen. Thus were the visions of mine head in my bed. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth, and the height thereof was great. The tree grew and was strong, and the height thereof reached unto heaven, and the sight thereof to the end of all the earth. The leaves thereof were fair, and the fruit thereof much, and in it was meat of, of for all the beasts of the field. It had shadow under it, and the fowls of the heaven dwelt in the boughs. Therefore, in all flesh was fed of it. I saw in the vision of my head upon my bed, uh, and behold, a watcher like an angel and an holy one came down from heaven. 
he cried aloud and said thus, Hew down the tree and cut off his branches, shake off his leaves and scatter his fruit. Let the beast get away from under it and the fowls from its branches, from his branches. So the Lord is seeing, you know, obviously a kingdom or an individual in pride. That's what this tree represents. This tree, you know, God has had enough of your pride. He's going to bring you low. Mm -hmm. So this tree was stripped and scattered. Verse 15, nevertheless, leave the stump of the roots of the, of, of the, I mean, the roots in the earth, even with a band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field and let it be wet with dew of heaven and let his portion be with the beast in the grass of the earth. So recognize this tree, the Bible spoke about it being high. So now the tree has been stripped and cut low, but he says, leave the stump in the earth. So this would be the portion of this pride, of this individual, that he would be of the earth. Verse 16, let his heart be changed from a man's, and let a beast heart be given unto him, and let seven times pass over him. So that seven again is like a type of tribulation or completion, God's perfection. Uh, this manna is by the decree of the watchers, and they demand by the word of the holy ones to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will and setteth up over it the beast of men. I mean, the, and, and the basis of men. Okay, so Nebuchadnezzar had his kingdom. He wanted to do his thing even after... You know, uh, he saw what God can do delivering his people from the trial. Even after he received the vision, he was still puffed up in pride and the Lord had to bring him low. Actually, who is writing or who wrote Daniel chapter 4 was Nebuchadnezzar himself. Okay, Nebuchadnezzar realized his pride. His hair grew long, his nails. He became a beast in the earth. All right, verse 18. Uh, this dream, O King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, had seen. Now thou, O Belteshazzar, which is David, declare the interpretation thereof, for as much as all the wise men of the kingdom are not able to make known unto me the interpretation, but thou art able, for the spirit of the holy gods is in thee. So see, he's speaking of uh, like as a Gentile, but you know, he's not recognizing the one true God, 19. And Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished. For one hour in his thoughts troubled him. The king spake and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream of the interpretation thereof trouble me. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, the dream be to them that hate thee, and the interpretation thereof of to thy enemies. The tree that thou sawest which grew and was strong, whose height reached unto heaven, and the sight thereof to all the earth whose leaves were fair, and the fruit thereof, much and in it, uh, was meat for all, under which the beast of the field dwelt, and upon those branches and fowls of heaven, and, there, and had their habitation. Uh, it is now, O king, that art grown and become strong, for thy greatness is grown, and reacheth unto heaven, and thy dominion to the end of the earth. And whereas the king saw a watcher and a holy one coming down from heaven and saying, Hew the tree down and destroy it, yet leave the stump of the roots thereof in the earth, 
even with a band of iron and brass, and the tender grass of the field, and let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beast of the field, till seven times pass over. Now notice you have the iron here, and you have the brass. Brass is always a type of flesh, okay? Not in all cases, but in this particular case. Remember, when Goliath went out to fight David, he had a head of brass, I mean, a, a thing of brass, and his armor was in all brass. Okay, so pretty much God has given Nebuchadnezzar over to his flesh, and this is what he's bound in. Verse 24, this is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High, which has come down, my Lord, the king, that they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field, and they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and they shall wet thee with the dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over thee, till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. And whereas they commanded to leave the stump of the tree roots of thy kingdom shall be sure unto thee, after that thou shalt have known that the heavens do rule. So eventually after the seven year period, because we don't have time to get into this, we got to move on. Nebuchadnezzar did receive his, um, he was cleansed. All right, the Lord freed him from his beast-like nature. But we got to make clear, Nebuchadnezzar in all his glory as a king, without God, he was a beast. So all God did was give him over to that which he was. Okay, you think you don't need me? I'm going to show you exactly what you are. And he lived like an animal, long hair, long nails. He ate grass with the oxen. I mean, he was out with the dew of heaven, and the Lord delivered him only to have him write Daniel chapter 4. What an awesome God, how he was taken low and brought to be what the Lord called him. And I do believe one day in heaven we will see him. Nebuchadnezzar was delivered. So look at uh, chapter 5. All right, chapter 5, Belshazzar. Now, this is not Belteshazzar. This is the son of um, Nebuchadnezzar. Belteshazzar the king made a great feast to a, to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. So I do want to make clear when Nebuchadnezzar died, he did die worshiping God. Verse 2, Belshazzar, while he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and, and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines, uh, might drink therein. So Nebuchadnezzar got rid of the old gods. His son Belshazzar brought them back. Uh, then they brought the golden vessels uh, that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem. And the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines drank in them. Uh, they drank wine and praised the God of gold, the gods of gold and of silver and brass and iron and wood and of stone. Now, if you notice, the same things that we were talking about in chapter 2, the same elements of being, or metals are being mentioned here. You've got the gold there. You've got all the other things. All right, verse 5. In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster like plaster of the wall of the king's palace, and the king saw it, saw the part in the hand uh, that wrote. Uh, then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him. 
that the joints of his loins were loosed and his knees smote one against the other. So this guy messed on himself or wasted on himself watching a hand come through the wall. So while he was there puffed up in pride, not obeying what his father did, he wanted to worship his own gods. He thought, I'm now king. I'm going to live the way I want to live, and I'm fine with that. Imagine sitting there with your people, and you're back to worshiping your old gods, thinking you've got no god to serve, that a hand comes through the wall and starts writing, you know, um, something. And, I mean, you see it in your carnal mind. This guy, you know, I don't know what waste he let loose, but the Bible makes clear that he did. Scared to death, verse 7. The king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. And the king spake and said to the wise men in Babylon, Whosoever shall read this writing and shew me the interpretation thereof shall be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about his neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then came in all the wise men, but they could not read the writing, nor make known the king the interpretation thereof. Then the king Belshazzar greatly troubled, and his countenance was changed in him, and his lords were astonished. I guess astonished. Now the queen, by reason of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banquet house, and the queen spake and said, O king, live forever. Let not thy thoughts trouble thee, nor let thy countenance be changed. There is a man in the kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And in the days of thy father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods was found in him, whom the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, thy king, I say, thy father made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. So notice this woman, the queen came in and said, hey, I know a man, okay, that your father gained great wisdom through and saw so much. All right, verse 12, for as much as an excellent spirit uh, and knowledge and understanding, interpreting the dreams and shewing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king uh, named Belteshazzar, who he named Belteshazzar, now let Daniel be called and he will shew the interpretation. So you see, if you humble yourself, God will exalt you in due time. But notice how Daniel is just living his life, serving his God, but somehow he keeps being brought back into the equation. This is where the people of God should be when it comes to worldly affairs and things going on. Mm -hmm. If we are the light and salt of the earth, like Jesus Christ has said, then we've got to keep our fire lit with Christ and be ready for the time appointed to speak the truth. Verse 13. Then Daniel brought in before the king, and the king spake and said unto Daniel, Art thou that Daniel, which art of the children of the captivity of Judah, whom the king my father brought out of Jewry? I have even heard of thee, that the spirit of the gods is in thee, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom is found in thee. So if he knew this, then why didn't he serve as God? So you see, people get in trouble, and all of a sudden, now they start wondering who the one true God is. Verse 15, And now the wise men, the astrologers, have been brought in before me, that they should read this writing and make known unto me the interpretation thereof. But they could not shew the interpretation of the thing. 
and I have heard of thee, and thou canst make interpretations and dissolve doubts. Now if thou canst read this writing and make known to me the interpretation thereof, thou shalt be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about thy neck, and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Uh, then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let thy gifts be to thyself. So Daniel's not interested in anything carnal. And give thy rewards to another. I'm not looking to be honored by man. I'm looking to be honored by God. Okay? Let uh, uh, Yet I will read the writings unto the king and make known to him the interpretation. O thou king, the most high God, gave Nebuchadnezzar thy, thy father a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor. And for the majesty that he gave him, all people, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him, whom he would have slew, and whom he would have kept alive, and whom he would have set up, and whom he would have put down. But when his heart was lifted up, and his mind hardened with pride, he was disposed from the kingly throne, and they took his glory from him. Okay, so we understand he's being reminded of what was, what happened to his father. Verse 21. And he was driven from the sons of men, and his heart was made like the beast, and his dwelling was with the wild asses. They fed him with grass like oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till, uh, till he knew that the Most High God ruleth in, his, in the kingdom of men, and that he appointed over it whomsoever he will. And thou his son, uh, O Belshazzar, has not humbled thine heart, though thou knowest all this. Now, you know, I even believe, because we're sitting here talking about Nebuchadnezzar's image, you know, this is the subject for tonight and all this. I believe that this stardom that, that was put up with Belshazzar I believe this is what exactly the devil does in Hollywood and in and, and the world. He'll puff you up to take you away. But when he's done with you, he throws you away. Mm -hmm. This is why you find a lot of people in that high life, one hit wonders. They go out, they make their money, they find out the truth, and you never hear from them again. This is why people like Heath Ledger and all these other actors out there have done so much, and then all of a sudden, they die. You know, or something happens to them. But this is how the devil will treat you. He'll raise you up, use you like a battery, and throw you out. But he's being reminded of this, that he has not lifted, he, you know, he lifted himself up. And these are the people that I believe the Lord allows to get attacked because they bring themselves up by their own pride. God tries to give these people a glimpse of Hollywood is not all it's made up to be. This world is not what it seems. So for a season, it's almost like he gives us to the devil, and let the devil see how the devil treats us, then gives us the option to run back. Now, you see what the world has done to you? You see how the world only honors you if you have this, that, and the third? You see how love on the other side is not even really love? It's lust or it's conditional? But when you don't meet the conditions, look at what happens to you. Then God wants to call you back. I'm your father. I love you. Even though you were out there whoring on me, I brought you back in. But unless we come to this reality, we can't accept Jesus. So this is why this world is all about humanism. It's all about painting the image of a man. God has got to bring this world low. You know how many people got saved on 9-11? I remember. I mean, you know, everybody was 
Oh, praise Jesus. But see, the devil knew, give it, give it two years. Everyone went right back to normal as if it never happened. So we need these constant reminders in our lives to show us you've got no control over your life. You can be taken out at any time. And this is what keeps you humble, knowing that God is in control. You going to say something? No. All right. Anybody? No. All right. So he told them, um, you know, it's because of his heart. And thou, his son, O Belshazzar, not humble thine heart, though thou knewest all this, but hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven, and they have brought the vessels of his house before thee, and thou and thy lords, thy wives and thy concubines, have drunk wine in them, and thou hast praised the gods of silver and gold, of brass, iron, wood, and stone, which see not, nor hear, nor know, and the God of, in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways, hast thou not glorified. So we got to count our blessings before the Lord. Then it was part of the hand, <coughs> then was the part of the hand sent from him, and this writing was written, and this is the writing that was written, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Eupharsin. This is the interpretation of the thing, Mene. God has numbered thy kingdom and, and finished it. Tekel, thou art weighed in the balance, and thou art found wanting. Paris, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. So we understand here that you don't want to be found on this side of things with God. All right, so the first one, you know, Mene is like talking about that um, they were weighed. So God is looking at all your um, all the things that you've done, and you're found lacking. So you're not living up to his standards. This is like beyond grace. Okay, this is after I've given you a chance, and you have not accepted. All right, so you've been numbered, you've been weighed, and then there's Paris, Thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. That means God is done with you. And this is what you'll find in a lot of churches and, and other places of government. God has already written Ichabod on the doorpost. The glory of the Lord has departed. At that point, he's done with you. That means it's time for someone else to come in and take over. So you don't want to play God cheap. Verse 29. Then commanded Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel with scarlet and put a chain of gold about his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he would be the third ruler in the kingdom. And that night was Belshazzar, uh, the, the king of the Chaldeans, slain. And Darius the Median uh, took the kingdom, being about threescore and two years old. So when God is done, when you don't worship the God of heaven and you want to place man or other gods, in the way, God will take you down. Daniel chapter 7. What time is it? Because I don't want to waste a whole lot of time. But 41. Oh man, we got to get going. Alright, Daniel 7 and 1. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions in his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea, and a four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. 
and I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet uh, as a man, and a man's heart was given unto it, was given to it. So we understand that this first beast that they're talking about is Nebuchadnezzar. He was puffed up in pride on eagle's wings. God had to clip him, bring him low, and then brought his heart back unto him. But notice that this kingdom is recognized as a beast. Mm -hmm. All right, this is two. Um, verse five. Okay, and it says, And behold, another beast, a second like to a bear, and it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in its mouth um, of, the, of it between its teeth of it. And it said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. So we know that this beast here is Medo-Persian. Okay, now it says that the bear was raised up on one side, meaning that there was one part of this kingdom that would be stronger than the other. Now, the, if we know the story of the Persians and the Medes, the Persians took over the Median Empire, so Media ruled like, you know, second in command to Persia. Okay, so it was stronger on one side. The three ribs in its mouth were Media, um, Lydia, I think, and, and one other, I can't remember the other place, but those were the three places that Persia conquered. Persia was like a bear. It was known for its military might and size. Okay, they would outnumber their forces is how they would win. Verse 6. After this I beheld and lo, another like a leopard, which had upon its back of it four wings of a fowl. So this beast would be known to be like a leopard and moving swiftly. Now a, le a leopard is stealthy, a lot like Greek influence that you learn in school. Mm -hmm. As you're learning all this philosophical stuff, having a Greek mind, you recognize that you're slowly being conditioned to not follow the one true God. So this leopard is stealthy and has four wings on its back, meaning that its time would be shorter because it's moving swifter than the other beast. Okay? Uh, and this beast had also four heads and dominion was given unto it. Now, if you study Alexander the Great from 333 B.C. unto 323 B.C., he only ruled for 10 years before his kingdom was broken up by four generals. So this is why this beast had four heads. I can't remember their names, Seleucid, Seleucid and Ptolemy and Laconius, and I think it was another guy. Right, so they all ruled. And when Alexander died, he said to the strongest, he never gave who would be ruler. So the four generals took it upon themselves, and they spread it out. You know, they all had different parts. This is four. After this I saw in the night vision, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly and it had great iron teeth and devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it and it had ten horns i believe because they could not describe this beast that i believe that this was a dragon but i also believe when it says it stamped the residue another word for residue is remnant Okay, so this beast would be so different from the others. It was great. It was almost like it couldn't be destroyed, and it had ten horns. All right, and, it, and I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first um, horns plucked up by the roots, and behold, in this horn were the eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. 
So we recognize with Nimrod, with Nebuchadnezzar, with everybody that ruled, they all had the spirit of Antichrist to speak great things against the Lord. This here is the Antichrist himself, mm -hmm. okay, that they're speaking of, this notable little horn. Let's skip down to Daniel 20, I mean 7 and 20. And it says, And of the ten horns uh, that were in the head, that were in his head, and of the other which came up, and before whom uh, three fell, even of that horn uh, that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stealth than his fellows. So we're talking like a world government here, or a world empire that would rule, and they would have ten kings with them. But there would be one king that would arise out of all this chaos to control them all. I beheld the same horn make war with the saints and prevailed against them. So we got to understand as Christians dealing with this image of this man or this system that we're here to represent Jesus Christ, but this beast system will win for a time. They will have dominion. They will have their order. But we've got to live for Jesus. Uh, until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came that the saints uh, possessed the kingdom. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all the kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. So it would tread it down and it would be divided. You guys need to look up the 10 region world map and they're telling you already what's going on. You got people again trusted in the image of a man believing in Donald Trump because he's kicking out uh, immigrants in the, in the world. But they don't realize as he's so-called building this wall of Mexico, I mean of North America, look at the 10 region world map and as you can see, Mexico is now a part of South America which is another region. So he's not helping America. He's furthering this new world order that they're working on. But you got people trusting in him, punching people in the face, you know, believing in this whole man thing. It's got nothing to do with God. All right, so this is verse 24. And the ten horns out of the kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them. And he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. Mm -hmm. And they shall be given into his hand until a time and time and a dividing of times. So that's three and a half years that this thing is going to play out. But it says that he shall change times and laws. We're already seeing this unfold. And this is why we've got to get out of the image of a man and pursue Jesus Christ. Revelation 12. A lot of scriptures we had tonight, but we ain't gonna so get into those. Right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. A man has got to stop being man and become what God wants him to be. A soldier. A, a soldier. Yeah, glorifying the Lord. Mm -hmm. All right. So Revelation 12 and 1, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven: a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. 
and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. You know, that's the twelve tribes of Israel. Mm -hmm. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. Now you guys remember that. And his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. So the devil was waiting for Jesus Christ to come to destroy him as soon as he was born. Verse 5. And she brought forth... Her. This is kind of like relative to the governor who was trying to kill, who was killing all the infants from two years Oh yeah, ago. like Herod. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly, because remember, Jesus had to flee the place of his birth um, with, with Mary and Joseph. I think they went to Egypt for a season mm -hmm. and came back when Jesus was two. Yeah, because they were going to kill all the kids. Oh, yeah. All right, so the devil was looking to destroy him. The devil knew he was coming. Verse 5. Well, but did you know the interesting thing? I hate to keep stopping, but the devil didn't know that it was going to be Jesus. The devil had no idea who Jesus was. This was a master stroke of the Father that he sent him into the earth as like a regular man. They followed the star, remember? Mm -hmm. But Jesus and them, they, they fled. But the devil had no idea it was going to be Jesus. That's why Herod said, kill every child, every firstborn two years and under. Because mm -hmm. he knew he would have to be about this age. So he wasn't taking any chances. He saw the star, but he did not know. Right. All right, verse 5. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she shall, where she has a, a place prepared of God that she should feed her uh, there a thousand two hundred and three score days. So that's like three and a half years or mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. I mean, the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. Some people believe this has happened already. I do not believe that this has happened. Okay? I believe that when the dragon, he's going to have one last attempt. He's going to fight against the Lord, and he's going to lose. Then he's going to be cast down to the earth. And if you think things are crazy now with men, you're going to really see what's going on. Look at how man has become beasts, mohawks, tattoos all over. You know, all these things done to them piercings in all kinds of places so man so, is really losing his mind yeah you said you don't think it has occurred yet not yet i think part of it is when jesus um you know came i do believe he destroyed the devil at that point he won the war but i think at that point the devil knew okay now i've got to work some other things out but i think when he tries for one last attempt against jesus or michael or michael michael's going to throw him down but I think when he hits the earth, you're going to know it. Because that which was on the other side is going to come out. You see, we can't go into the iron and clay and all this stuff if this stuff hasn't really happened yet. But they got this CERN tunnel. You guys need to look up CERN. Because when they open these portals and this stuff comes through on the other end, man, and the nightmares of your dreams, I mean, are going to come to life. Mm -hmm. Now, a science fiction writer won't be able to write with, you know, what's coming up. CERN, how do you spell that? C-E-R-N, right? Yep. 
Yeah, it's in Europe. Yeah, I, heard, I heard about stuff. Like, I mean, I don't these know people believe that this is real, and I saw the video. It's crazy, but it's eye-opening. That thing is big. They have this yeah. thing called the Hadron Collider, where they smash atoms to open portals. Wow. I mean, they just they they move atoms at such a speed that they cling together and portals just open up. Wow. I mean, these guys, you know that that's fallen angel technology. You know the devil had to show them how to do that. All right, so it says, and prevailed prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. So this is why I believe the devil is not in hell. It would be great if he was, but he's in the second heavenlies. Yeah. He's in that ether around the earth. Is this so that's why he hasn't been cast down yet? Right. That is this basic? Is this this time period where he said that um, he's hold, he's in chains and like bound? Oh no, that's later. Um, that's later when the Lord comes back. When the Lord comes back for a thousand years, there's going to be peace. Mm -hmm. The devil is going to be in this abyss. All right, but after that thousand years, the Lord's going to give him a time, as He promised, to be loosed again, because the Lord is going to build a structure. So what the devil's going to do? Okay, now you guys all know what I stand for on this earth. There's no excuses. They let the devil go after a thousand years. He's going to go and deceive the nations again, and they're going to fight against the Lord one more time. And they and those that were with him are going to be cast into the lake of fire. That's the second death. All right, so... Um, you don't think that that has happened? That what? set into place yet? Or it has? What? The thousand years? No. No. No, no we're not even... after Christ comes back. Right, because Jesus... I mean, he's going to be here. Like, I mean, like, you're going to be able to, you know... I don't know how you're going to contact the Lord or how he's going to contact you, but you mess up and he's going to send for you. I mean, he's gonna. We're gonna see him. He's gonna rule. He's gonna be here on the earth, and he's going to be strict. He's not gonna let any mess go on. All right. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan. So we know that the serpent in the garden and all this are the same. Tried to get Adam and Eve self-conscious to worship themselves. See the worship of man, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth. So he's down in the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Now, see, this can be taken two ways because some people can say when Jesus died on the cross and he resurrected that he became the mediator for us mm -hmm. so that the devil couldn't accuse anymore. But... I believe he's still accusing, and the Lord is kind of like pushing him down. But there's going to come a point where he's not going to be in the heavens being able to say anything. God is done with him. You tried to fight against me. I'm throwing you even lower. And now he's going, look what it says in verse um, 10. And it says, um, Christ, uh, the accuser of our brethren, is cast down. You accused them before day and night. And they overcame him. So the persecution hasn't really begun yet. We're not really in the tribulation. But when he gets cast down, no doubt about it. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Okay, so to be like Christ, we have to not have fear of death. We've got to be extracted from this world to pursue him. And this is how you overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb. Because you're going to live your life as Christ lived. 
You're going to become a martyr, a living witness. That's what testimony means. Twelve. Therefore rejoice, O ye heavens, I mean, rejoice ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he know he has but a short time. So at that point, when his master plan breaks, he's going to come down here and try and destroy as much as he can. And that's why we're going into Revelation 13. Look at what happens immediately after the devil is cast down. Revelation 13 and 1. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. Did you guys notice a switch? In Revelation 12 it says that the crowns were on the heads. You go to Revelation 13, these crowns are on the horns. So at this point, they had finally achieved their new world order. You look on the back of the dollar bill, you have the pyramid with the capstone not placed on. Well, at this point, when the devil is cast down, the capstone is going to be placed on. And this is the Antichrist who has just emerged on the scene. So you see, when the devil is thrown down for good, things are going to get ramped up. All right? But this is why, you know, their mission has been completed. The crowns are now on the horns. Verse 2, And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Now notice it says, The beast which he saw was like a leopard. So this beast had um, these things in the mouth of a lion, but it says the dragon gave him his power, his seat, and great authority. So we recognize here that this beast, if they had already achieved their mission with the seven heads, that this is an empire, but this is also a man. So you see how the two are coming together? Because it's saying he had seven heads. So he had seven people that ruled under him in his empire. I mean, well, ten people that ruled under him in his empire with seven heads. I believe there were seven, you know, continents or seven zones or seven empires, actually, that were a part of this. That's what I'll say. It was seven empires. But then it talks about that the dragon gave him. So we recognize here the beast is a system, or it's a kingdom, and it's a man. Okay, verse 3. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. So one of the heads of this system was wounded to death, and it was healed. Now the only... Uh, kingdom that was never defeated. You can say it was defeated by Jesus Christ, but that was never fully taken out was Rome. Okay, Rome had died for a while. Those were the dark ages and it resurrected in the Catholic Church. A pope is none other than a Roman dictator or, or um, emperor. Alright, and then it says his deadly wound was healed. So the beast is now ramped up, but I don't believe that it's going to be this only. The Catholic Church is only one part of this beast. All right. The Roman Empire spread out. Exactly. To other places. Right. And this Roman Empire is going to be worldwide. Mm -hmm. All right. Verse 4. And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast, who is able to make war with him? So the dragon gave this beast power, and the beast became worshipped. But again, that leopard, you got the Greek influence 
all in school. They're teaching everyone to have a Greek mind and to think Greek. This bear, you know, I'm sorry to go back to that, but it's going to be a massive army like Persia. The UN army and the stuff that they're building up, I mean, it's going to be able to take out any U.S. army or any other. And then you got the, um, the lion, you know, that was like a lion. The mouth of a lion, what was Babylon known for? Witchcraft. So there will be a lot of things going on in here, and this is why children are into Harry Potter. This is why you got all these things, witchcraft. You go to Daniel 8, and it said that this Antichrist would cause craft to prosper. Okay, so there'd be a lot of deceiving. There'd be a lot of, you know, supernatural stuff going on, a lot of false religion. All right, so it says in verse 5, And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months, three and a half years. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. I believe that this tabernacle can also be man. When it says that Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, the Bible talks about Jesus. That, that same word for flesh is, is for tabernacle in the Greek. Okay, so it says he blasphemed his name and his tabernacle. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. So Jesus Christ is going to have to be our only way. Because everything, as we found out in Nebuchadnezzar's image, was taken over by the beast. I'm not saying do what you need to do in life and achieve what you need to to move forward. But put no stock in this. Mm -hmm. This will not last. I feel bad for some kids that are actually, you know, wanting to grow up to be a doctor and be this and that in the world. And I know in the back of my mind, man, our economy is hanging on by a string, by a thread. The devil is getting ready to pull the plug. Some people will never have their dream that they wanted. But then you've got to know who Jesus Christ is. All right, verse 8. And all that dwell on the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of this world. So if you've got a Greek mind, if you've got the mind of a bear, you've got the mind or mouth of a lion, you are going to be a part of this system. And these people will worship him whose names are not written in the book. So this is all it's going to come down to. Or is your name written in the book of life? Are you of the nature of man or are you of the nature of God? All right, verse uh, 9. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and faith of the saints. So the Lord wants us to have our faith in him and our patience because all hell is going to be breaking loose around us. See, we don't really feel it yet in how much we're attached to man until this world turns on you. Because it's going to be nothing like going to your family and friends and going to people you thought were fellow believers and they don't believe in that anymore. All right? The spots got hot. They're out to kill all Christians. They're all taking laws away. You can't come into the church anymore. Okay? This is going to be very different from us. And this is why we need to be detached. You're going to go home and talk to your mother or your sister or your brother. They're going to hold you there for a while. They're going to make a phone call and you will be rounded up. Okay, everybody's going to turn on everybody. And this is why we have to have this faith, this, this faith and this patience in Jesus Christ. 
It's really going to be about him. If we got any stock in man, anybody that we know and we love, marriages are going to split over this. Kids are going to be turning in their parents. This is going to get that serious, man. So we've got to, I mean, you know, follow the Lord. Don't get pressured by anything parents or kids or anybody's telling you. If it's not of God, then you need to follow him, man. Forget what the world is trying to show you. The world is going to hell. Okay, the world is not pursuing Jesus. And it's unfortunate that our family members, some of them are not going. You'd be surprised if you'd be the only one out of every family that makes it. Mm -hmm. That's how thin it's going to get. Verse 11, and I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb and he spake like a dragon. So, you know, this guy's going to be like Joel Osteen looking like a lamb. But when he opens his mouth, he's going to speak like a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. So they're trying to lead you back. This guy is going to lead you back to this beast. Anybody taking your mind off of Christ, anybody telling you the Bible is not valid, anybody trying to take your faith away in Jesus is a part of this beast. Verse 13, And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men. And he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound of a sword and did live. So, you know, this is interesting, too, because although we're talking about the system and we know which system we're dealing with, it's also talking about that this beast would die and then live. I believe that this is also the the false prophet is going to bring people onto this Antichrist. This Antichrist will have a false death, okay, through technology or whatever, and he's going to be resurrected like Jesus Christ. So you see, here's the counterfeit works being done. He's going to die, and he's going to come back. And people are going to say, man, this is the Messiah, because this is who they were waiting on. But it says through lying signs and wonders. So you got holograms that can do stuff today. Mm-hmm. This is why you got to stay focused on the Lord. you got this technology that we've been talking about that can make anything seem real. And it can be totally false. That's true. All right. And he had uh, power to give life unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now, this is interesting because I believe that this is where we talk about the iron and miry clay. The reason why I cannot believe that this is just um, anything other than human is because it says that the image would speak. So they are marveling in this thing being able to speak. Why should it say it should be able to speak? If it was a man, it should speak. Mm -hmm. So if it's saying this thing should both speak and do this, so it's going to be out of our wildest imaginations that this thing is alive. I believe that this is the iron and miry clay. I can't tell you exactly what it is. You know, it could be like a Terminator, a cyborg, anything that the beast is trying to build up that is not human, that is not like God. So this thing is going to be able to speak, and those that don't worship would be killed. Yeah, that, that makes like sense because mm-hmm. no one can give life to God. 
Exactly. So it makes sense that man would probably stir up some kind of technology, and that's probably the life. That Perfect sense. Saying, right. God is life. God is good. So mm-hmm. anything that's not of God has to be nothing. Mm-hmm. Anything that is not of light is without is the absence of light. It's nothing. Exactly. So if, if it's not life, then it's death. It's mm-hmm. it's like nothing at all. Totally. I mean, because that would be like artificial life. Mm-hmm. That would be you know because the beast is giving him this life. That's true. They can't create life like that. So this thing has got to be altered to where people will believe in this. This is interesting stuff. And I mean, if you merge man with machine, how cold would he be? Because he doesn't have a conscience. He may look like a man, but I don't think he's really going to be a man. Well, I feel like these drugs are already doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Numbing everything. So. People are yeah. being conditioned. Medicine. Yep. And I mean, yeah. it's just good. We're seeing it every day. Fluoride. Exactly. Yeah. And I think a lot of the kids that we deal with, their insensitivities come from their medication uh-huh. and the demons that they get from these meds. I don't think they really want to be bad. I think it's just, you know, a result of what's it's going like, on with them. I don't know. If, uh, it's like, it's hard to say. It's like they're in co-pilot. It's like mm-hmm. uh, whatever is there is there, but they're not there. Right. It's like yeah. they're in the back seat and whatever is there mm-hmm. is like in the front seat. Mm-hmm. And there's no Jesus Christ. That's the that's the biggest problem. Question. Yeah. Image of the Beast in 15. Uh-huh. Would that be related um, to like Nimrod or Babylon? Um, and then I mean, Nim- down to him. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like the image of a man. Yeah. And that's what the Oscars are. They worship men and their achievements. Yeah, that's totally. But, you know, this image, I mean, this thing is going to be, I imagine it's going to look like a man. Why? Because the next three verses are going to tell you that. I believe this thing is going to be man-like, but it won't be. And I think this is going to be a result of that mark. I think when that mark is received, that you won't be human anymore as, as a man is really supposed to be before the Lord. I believe he is going to be different. I think is you know he's gonna Satan will truly be his father, mm-hmm. verse sixteen, and he causeth so this image causeth both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand and in their forehead. You know, remember when we were reading in Daniel, it said that they mm-hmm. he would get they to rule over them. I believe from watching all these movies, I remember seeing an X Men. Cartoon And see, that's why people laugh at me for watching those. But I think, like, the Kabbalists have been telling us for a long time what is. But do you remember that X-Men episode where Master Mole was built? And what did he say? You will take Senator Kelly's brain and replace it with a computer. Remember, we were watching it. And he was like, no, you can't do that. But he said no. And he was bringing in leaders from all over the earth and was trying to turn them into robots, into computers. But I believe that this cyborg stuff is what this is really all about. Because he's going to call them all to receive a mark. So these things that rule over us or rule over man is going to say, you have to do this to be like us. So this is what's going to be ruling over man. I know this sounds bizarre, but there are way too many movies talking about this to say that this isn't the case. That The devil loves to show what he's showing you in, you know, in plain sight. Yeah. It was crazy. I was at this... Ethiopian or Indian restaurant. Um, it was a really small one, and the people there had like a sign, and it said, um, "It said like humans are not robots." And it had like an image of like this um, scanner on the girl's neck, like mm-hmm. tattooed on the girl's neck. Mm-hmm. And so I like just brought up conversation about it, about like um, 
saying basically like the mark of the beast and mm-hmm. how um, like they have technology now where they're they can do chips and stuff like that to be able to pay for like mm-hmm. money and stuff like that. And they they have done these science experiments. They had no clue about it, and this mm-hmm. is posted in the restaurant. They're like, oh, a customer gave me that. We thought it was cool, but they never thought twice of that that was real. Like that is something that yeah, is it's, real. It's bad. It makes me think like little children growing up. They probably wouldn't tell right from wrong. They probably think this is normal. Mm-hmm. Like we're growing up in a society that's technology is like the the thing that's happening, and mm-hmm. they think it's supposed this to be they, this way. Yep, this is why they can't focus in school. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything is fun and games, virtual reality. Yeah. They're trying to escape this, so it's going to be nothing to sell these kids on this. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, your favorite video game because they're going to start chipping people. It may not be the mark, but they're going to start chipping. Hey. If you get this chip, you know, in your hand or just under your skin, you can play the video games you want, and, and it becomes more and more live. Yeah. Man, the devil is no fool. I mean, you know, he's a genius. you got to give him that. I'm not praising him by any means, but he studied us for a long time, and he's recognized I can't just sell people on this stuff. If he had come in the 60s with this, people would have said, man, that's the mark of the beast. Why? Because people were believing, and they would have said, man, you're crazy. But as time goes on, little by little, he just conditions and just gets you ready. Now everybody's looking for it. Why? I don't like to wait in line when I go shopping. I don't, yeah, I've lost my wallet too many times, you know, probably text messaging that now, you know, you can have the chip in your hand. Not, not just that, but people are getting weaker. So they want mm-hmm. what's easy, mm-hmm. they want what's convenient. So, exactly. Yes, and one other thing, as far as like the movies saying what's coming that there is something and the devil knows what it is and that's why he's putting it in these movies like why did they have to make a second Independence Day and why is the last Transformers movie mm-hmm. the last night where the portal is opened and mm-hmm. something is coming from the other side mm-hmm. over here and he's trying to they're giving us those warnings and we need to that's I mean I'm not I'm not praising the devil either but yeah, if the warnings are coming, that something yes. is getting ready to happen. I, I was um, I was talking to Mr. Howard about this like a few months ago. Have you ever seen um, the Hancock with Will Smith? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. When he's like, it has like, if you ever watched that movie, I don't think it has anything to do with like aliens or anything. Oh, when you were showing me the thing in the yeah, back, but yeah. Like Will Smith is like, there's like tornadoes happening in the mm-hmm. scene, and then like there's this big creature alien walking across the scene, and there's no. Creatures like that. In the Wasn't that the one when he was, um, when what's his name said, you got the tight Wolverine suit on or something? Mm-hmm. That was the end, right? Like mm-hmm. around that time. But if you look at it good, like Mr. McNeil, Mr. McNeil, James is telling me, <laughs> but I call him Mr. McNeil during the day. But it's like it um, goes across, like if there's an image behind Will Smith just like walking by. And they're like, what is that? But the devil loves to try and show you what's what. Don't you give you a little bit of truth and prophecy look at look at beauty and the beast you know that wasn't some beautiful disney tale they were trying look at they're always trying to show you see now you can do this there was one x-men episode of nightcrawler becoming a christian he was a christian why because when these entities come here what's going to happen well we believe in god too Mm -hmm. and then you remember your favorite tv show yeah you know they're christians after all they quote jesus God didn't come back for beasts. He didn't come back for animals. He didn't come back for machines. He came for what he created. Right. And he's going to accept no substitutes. All right, so Revelation um, 16. 
right, he causeth uh, both small, I mean, both all, he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand and or in their foreheads. So this is the Lord being accurate, you know, with this thousands of years in advance. That's a technological statement because no one would even think of this. 17, and that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So, you know, again, there's the mark that you received that I believe will automatically change you into some type of beast, some type of machine or beast. But then you have, or the name of the beast. So do you have the title of the beast? Do you represent him, you know? Or the number of his name? Is that your nature? Do you eat what the beast eats? Do you watch what the beast watches? Do you worship what the beast worships? Because Paul and those guys always make clear that the, the Gentiles are in the vanity of their minds seeking after worldly things. If we don't have this extracted from us, we are right in line with the beast. You know, 6, uh, 18. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 603 score and 6. Now, that number of a man, I believe that this is also, you know, man through and through. Man, body, soul, and spirit. Okay, that he never got to seven, never came of the spirit. He's also beast, body, soul, and spirit. You know, and then on top of that, it says um, it is the number of a man. You know, beast and man were on the same day. Mm -hmm. So he's never reached that present potential in Jesus Christ, being that 777, body, soul, and spirit. So all the devil has to do is stop us in our potential and being what the Lord calls for, and he's achieved his mission. Man, this is a, this is a, everybody's looking for the Antichrist. You want to see him? Look in the mirror in the morning, the guy brushing his teeth. That's the Antichrist without God. You know, I'm not saying he's him, but you know, that's who you are. Without God, man, you, you're a rebel. You don't care for man. That's why we can walk by our brother and not talk about Jesus Christ. And, and, you know, I'm speaking to myself. There's things that we need to be more diligent with as far as the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Because beasts walk by one another and can care less. Yeah. You know, but man, if we, really, right, if we really have the love of Christ, man, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Even if they say, man, get out of here. Go away from me. Get away from me. But, yeah, you try it. Go on to the next person. But, the, but realistically, can we win souls like that during the day if we're hooked to the system? Because we give eight hours to the world. Well, two hours before the world begins, getting ready. Okay, and then we got the rest of our evening to try and get rid of things. But we can't go after all these souls like this. Because we love ourselves, you know, way too much. And we just got to kill that. We can't be like Nebuchadnezzar or we will worship the beast. Everyone bowed down to this beast whose names were not written in the book of life. But realistically, if you had someone on the outside looking at all of us, looking at us Christians and looking at the people of the world, what would they really see different if they didn't talk to you personally? They don't know what you believe. You're doing what everyone else is doing. You're laughing at the same jokes. You work the same job. You eat the same food. You engage in the same conversation. So what are you really different? I mean, if someone were to look from the outside... How could you tell who was who? But you see, when the disciples were out there, all Christ conscious, all into Jesus Christ, full of the Spirit, 
Everyone knew they were different. Why? Acts 17 said they were turning the world upside down. That meant everything we tried to do, they just came in and ruined it. Oh, we were about to celebrate these holiday, but these Christians came in. We're just sitting here trying to have a normal feast. They walk in the restaurant talking about Jesus. I didn't ask them to talk about, oh, they're telling me homosexuality is wrong. How can that be? I got a 12-year-old son that's gay. See, Christians have got to be in the conflict. They're labeled the bad guys. Exactly. We can't be in the self. But, you know, just as we started praying in, at school, at work, man, the devil has got the conference room covered every morning. Now we can't even go in there. You know, now it's, oh, they took the keys from Jake. We can't go upstairs anymore. They've changed so much that it's just like the devil is trying to get you out. Why? He can't tolerate just a little bit of prayer in his presence. Mm -hmm. It makes him sick. And this is why we need to be more focused on Jesus. But why don't we we believe in him and see what he can really do? Why not stand for him at work or whatever and see if the Lord will stand with you? But, you know, unless we're into self or we're into this man, we won't do it. That's right. We love ourselves way too much. And we've got to break out of that. That's all I'm saying. So, you know, of course, we had other things. Jesus talked about called no man your father. He was trying to extract the people from worshiping man then. Mm -hmm. Called no man your master. No man your rabbi. He was separating them who would follow him versus those who were caught up in religion and images of men. Images of man is everywhere. We need to promote Jesus Christ. And we all need to be living epistles written of him. Does anyone have anything to present tonight before we close? Can I just add something real quick? Yeah. Your last scripture that you read talked about um, the number of man in 666. And Mm -hmm. you discussed in Daniel and in here Mm -hmm. about how, you know, men never got to that second um, spiritual birth with the Lord, the seven. Mm -hmm. If you look at the very next verse, 14, 1, it said, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him a hundred and forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. Uh-huh. What's the number for his father's name? That's seven. Right. seven. And, so, what's seven time, and what's seven times two? Fourteen. 14. Yep. And then so, I mean, in yeah. 14, Revelation 14, and then it also talks about it in Revelation 7. Mm-hmm. Too. So and 13 is rebellion. Mm-hmm. And you see who emerges on the scene? The Antichrist. Now, that's a great point because right after they showed who was damned, the Bible talked about who was alive, mm-hmm. you know, who was in Christ. Mm-hmm. Great point. You know, does anyone have anything to present? If not, you got something? All right. So Carl's going to present, and we'll get out of here. You need a ride tonight or whatever? Uh, we, we can give you a ride. Okay. Yeah, man. I'm going, we, um, I have to go pick up my cat. So, at my mom's. It's all the way. We got to work in the morning anyway. You might as well get home fast. Alright, I'll have us turn to Proverbs 16 and 3 to start. So, um, it says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and and thy thoughts shall be established. So the word for established is like something that's permanent, you know, like an acceptance or like a confirmation or a recognition of something. Mm-hmm. So it says commit. And commit is something, it's not something that you 
are in and out of if you're mm-hmm. committed to it. If you're committed to it, you're in it. So with that, unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be accepted. So I'm going to have us jump back to Proverbs 3, 5 through 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. So like we said, being committed, this is with all your heart, trusting in the Lord. And lean not on your own understanding. And then next it says, In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. So I just feel... um, kind of like what we're talking about in study today like obviously as we walk around in this earth like so many of us put our trust in computers we put our trust in money we put our trust in music our favorite celebrity but realistically politics Mm -hmm. all these things are just distractions you know and it says narrow is the way and but the way to destruction is very broad Mm -hmm. so all these little hang-ups all these little snares are just pulling you away from where the lord wants us Mm -hmm. and with it that's why we need to trust in him stay committed with all of our hearts and it says be not wise in thine own eyes fear the lord and depart from evil so this is being wise in god's eyes and that's why we have this amazing living word to study in and stay in the truth of God. Now I'm going to have us jump over to Psalms 37 and 3. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And that's another thing, too. Like, if we're delighting ourselves in the Lord, he knows us better than we know ourselves, you know? Like, we have our own wants and stuff in in this world, but he knows what we're going to do with those things. And even if he provides something, like, material for us like we're just going to get tired of that thing anyways and Mm -hmm. crave something more you know Mm -hmm. so why will he give you something that he knows you're not going to fully love anyways so we should accept like the true gifts of god and then here's that word commit again so commit thy way unto the lord trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass so the desires of the heart that actually he knows because he searches the reins in the hearts Mm -hmm. and knows way higher than our minds do what we actually need we might just have something show up for us and it'll probably be something that you can actually push towards building the kingdom or learning more in the lord Mm -hmm. or winning more souls you know some kind of tool with that talent that you thought you needed in the world, but realistically, it's to bring other talents to Christ. Mm-hmm. And it says, "And he shall bring forth thy light." Oops. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. 
So I noticed another thing too, like there's times where, I don't know, we'll get so wrapped up in the world and like in the craziness of everything that we just forget, like we're not in control of this, you know, like there's times where we just feel like, I don't know, we're like super prepared, like this is going really well, this is going really well. But realistically, that's just because you're in the palm of God's hand, you know, it's nothing Mm -hmm. that you're doing, like all that stuff can change in an instant. Mm -hmm. And another thing, too, it's like there's times when all that busyness, you don't get a chance to really just like sit down and like listen to the Lord and Mm -hmm. see what he needs for you, you know, or like you just wait on him and wait for his voice, you know, just be still in him for a second. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. And fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. So this is another thing, like, people who always trust in their money or whatever like that, and we see them, and like, oh, they have this, they have this, they have this, like, why why don't I have that, you know? And it's because mm-hmm. God doesn't want us to have all those things, you know, because it's going to keep us tied mm-hmm. to this place and not to what's truly important with God. All right, I'm going to have us jump over to First Peter 5. Sorry, five and six. First Peter five and verse six. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it says, "Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you." So, with this, I remember that we read another verse talking about staying humble in the Lord always. You know. Mm-hmm. So as we do that, it's like we're walking in that light of Christ. And as we're walking in that light of Christ, everything's being renewed inside of us. Our spirit is quickened. Everything is what God wants for you. It's like he can direct you because you're there for him. You're humble. You're listening to him. Yourself isn't in the way. So in casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. So anything that we worry about in this world, like any kind of anxiety or anything, it says we can cast it on him because he cares for us, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're really not supposed to worry or want anyways. But, and then it says, be sober, be, village, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And the devil doesn't sleep, you know. So we always got to stay resting in the Lord, consistent. And whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished and your brethren that are in the world. So this is kind of like what we talked about too, like how are we different from everybody else in mm-hmm. the world, you know? And mm-hmm. our difference, hopefully it should be, that we're led by Christ, you know? And we should be drawing those people in because mm-hmm. darkness doesn't really understand, you know? They're just walking by like beasts and our light should shine. Mm-hmm. And then when those people that were passing by, we should be filled up and excited to share God's love, you know? Exactly. But the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, stablish, strengthen, settle you. 
this is like established again. This is like a confirmation. He's going to make you strong in him. So to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And then I'm going to have us jump over to 317. First yeah. Peter. Second Peter and First Peter. First. Actually, sorry. I'm going to have us go to James for James 1 and 5. Let's see what I did now. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God that give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given to him. So right here in James, it's telling you, if you're struggling with anything, if you're feeling like, you know, I don't know, you don't know how to handle this, and most likely you don't, all you have to do is ask the Lord. And then I was talking about, too, like resting in his peace and like Mm -hmm. staying in him. When you're still for him, you can ask, and he'll give it to you. And it says, and he won't upbraid you, he won't reproach you, you know, he won't give you grief. He gives you what you need because we're his sons. Mm -hmm. But let him ask in faith, not wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. For a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So I'm going to have us jump over to 317 real quick in James. That's kind of like what we were talking about tonight. Like, you know, if you can't get extracted from man, from self, and any other thing in the world, I mean, you can't believe God. Mm-hmm. How can you even ask for what is right and you don't even believe it's coming? Mm-hmm. You're not even spiritually minded. Yep. It's funny, yes. like how you said, like, people are like, hey, can you pray for me, you know? Like, yeah. it's like, of course, like, we will always pray for each other, but you should pray for yourself mm-hmm. as well, you know? Exactly. But um, three seventeen. Okay. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So this is the difference, like that antichrist wisdom versus the pure, genuine wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. And there's no partiality, you know. So like how we were talking about those artists that just like literally just, just spit off all kinds of vague things that you in your mind being abstract can take it any kind of way even if it doesn't mean that way anyways you know but it all traces back to satan anyways so but with this stuff it's you know like god's word it's it's true it's pure it's gentle it's easy you know Mm -hmm. like there's nothing partial about it it's straight to the point and you Mm -hmm. know you know all right so were you gonna say something dude Oh, no. That was a dream. And then have us jump back to Philippians, and I'll close out here. And Philippians 4. And 6. So be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, If there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. 
So like we saw in James 3.17, well, all that looks like that you reflect on. And those things are confirmed. Those things are things in your mind, your mind being renewed, that are accepted. And that's mm-hmm. established in your mind. And you constantly reflecting on those things. You can't be part of this natural world, you know. You see what's truly important. Mm-hmm. So those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, it doesn't say just constantly reflect on it, but it says do. And the God of peace shall be with you. But So do, reflect on these things that are stable in your mind, and trust in the Lord, commit all your ways to him, and he directs your steps. But yeah, that's... That do is a command for the God of peace to be with you. Awesome finish because this is really what it's all about. So, would anybody like to pray us out tonight? Nope. All right, good, sir. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to come to you tonight. Thanking you for another day that you've given to us. Thanking you for everything that you've blessed us with and bestowed upon us. Thanking you for another opportunity that we have, Lord, to come and to learn your truth, Lord. And to study your word and to dive deep. To have a greater relationship with you, Lord Jesus Christ, and to understand that the times that we are living in, Lord, that we have to be extracted from this world. Lord, that we have to have our minds focused on you, Lord Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. That we, Lord Jesus Christ, must look to you only in these last days. And not look to the world, not look to our own wisdom. Because you're the only one, Lord, that can set us free. You're the only one, Lord Jesus Christ, who has set the captives free. If we have a relationship with you, Lord Jesus Christ. And in these last days, we sit on a mound of treasure. If our if our minds have been opened up to what your word says, Lord, and you want us to go out and to preach and to teach others about you, Lord Jesus Christ, in truth, in discernment, in wisdom, and also, Lord Jesus Christ, letting go of this world, living a life that is acceptable unto you, shewing forth your power, but we have to have the faith and the belief to do so. We cannot be silent in these last days. We cannot have any fear of this world, any fear of what man can do, but rather have fear of him who can place both our body and souls into hell. And Lord Jesus Christ, that is only you. You are a consuming fire. As we saw tonight, Lord, we have to be as the Hebrew boys. We have to be as the prophets. We have to be as the disciples. Lord Jesus Christ, we have to be as you. And we have to have you formed in us to do this. We cannot do this of our own will. 
We do not have it in us, Lord, because we, without you, Lord Jesus Christ, are beasts in this world. And how does the world know us from the world? We have to have your glorious light shining through us. We have to be as the disciples and have that Holy Spirit upon us. Change us, Lord, into the image of Jesus Christ. But first, we have to be willing to let go of everything in this world. We have to forsake it. Lord, if you gave us a job, it is only that we glorify you at the job. That doesn't supply our needs. Only you do, Lord Jesus Christ. But we have to seek to have that greater relationship with you, to hear your voice, Lord, to know what you're saying to us, to meditate upon your words, Lord Jesus Christ, to live a life that is acceptable unto you, a life of prayer and fasting, to kill off this flesh, Lord, the flesh, self, it all has to go. So your glorious light, Lord, can shine through us. It is not us, Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot boast of ourselves. Only in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for all the things that you've done for us. I'm asking and praying tonight, Lord Jesus Christ, that you will be with this ministry. Lord, touch this ministry. Put an outpouring of your Holy Spirit so greatly upon us. But Lord... In doing so, we have to be new vessels so the new wine can flow through us, Lord, so your Holy Spirit can flow through us. So the old man has to go. The old man has to die off. The old man has to be buried. And the new man has to be resurrected in the name of Jesus. Ashma Makde is Nanakde Ulektai Bakbidaste. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. For you're the only one that deserves all the praise, the glory, and the honor. Peel back the veil, Lord, that we will see. Give us a vision of what you want us to do, of what you command us to do in these last days. That we will go out and tell others of you and not stay silent any longer. Purge us with hyssop so we shall be clean. Wash us so we shall be whiter than snow. Let all men of thought and conversation glorify the name of Jesus, the name above all names. Let us sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Let us take on the full armor of God. And let us keep it on, because that truly is our defense against the enemy. Everything that we are going through, Lord, is not greater than you. We just have to give it to you, Lord. Guide us, direct us, and lead us into your truths and all truths. In Jesus Christ, your most holy name, I pray. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.